Hello, everyone. Welcome into Debate Night. Yes. I'm Hunter, joined by Brody to my left. Um, Silas, too. Silas to, so. my, to my front. I'm we here. don't have a camera on Silas, but next week. Next week, Silas will have a camera. Is, and, that, a, is uh, that a guarantee or a hopeful? No, no, that's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. That's a Brody that's guarantee. That's a Brody Smith sealed, signed, sealed, delivered guarantee. That is correct uh, about 24% of the time. Boom. I feel. so. It's, you I know, thought, that's decent. how you know it's a guarantee. The odds are decent. Um. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're uh, deep into the off season at this point. I wouldn't say deep. We're two weeks. No, no. In. It feels like it. We're ankle deep. It into feels the off like season. it. But we have like you know we have like certain things that are kind of tinkering, uh, slowly having some people just kind of sprinkle out a little refreshments for us throughout this to get us through the season, which is nice. But you know we have some other topics outside of disc golf that I want to get into also. Uh, first. Did everyone have a good Halloween? I had a great Halloween. It's my wife's birthday, so that always makes things fun. Silas? Means I get lots of cake. Good Halloween? Mine was good. Uh, Connor had a party, and I forgot about it. So He was invited, but then just didn't show up. Oh. I'm also going to take this offer now, but these will be coming soon. It's too this hot in just, here? Yeah, that was just a promotion. That, oh. was just like, that was just to show that the Dark Horse beanies are coming back. But it's it's too hot in here for that. I'm not much of a beanie guy when it comes to the inside. I never was like the trendy beanie guy. No. Silas is the trendy beanie guy, but you yeah, can't see Silas, I'm rocking it. Silas can pull it off. Yeah, like, we'll I see can. it next week. Um, you, you were talking about how you don't do... Like, you didn't give out candy. Like, your neighborhood... My is, neighborhood's not a candy neighborhood, no. Like, ant- I didn't know... We're not that, anti-candy. By any you guys means. turned your lights out. That's pretty anti. Well, okay, it, it's pretty... been a progression of several years. So we moved in three years ago. Twenty eighteen. That's aggressive. We moved in. We had our lights on. Lizzie for her birthday. We were like, let's stay home, hand out candy. Five, six, maybe ten kids. Mm. Three or four other houses on our street had lights on. The next year, we went over to her parents' house for her birthday, and when we came back, it was like prime time, giving out candy mm-hmm. and. Our street is like up a up on like a cul-de-sac. Yeah. So you gotta. So it's not like the main street on there. Uh, we went down and there's maybe five, six families kind of walking. Two lights on the street on. Yeah, that's last year. That's pathetic. I don't really know what happened. That's sad. This year. Are you guys a Christmas neighborhood? Oh, hardcore Christmas neighborhood. Oh, when you don't have to have like people come to your house and hand out candy. No, I think you it's just that so, like all, all of our all of our every single one of our neighbors except for with the exception of one is all they're all retired. But so why, like none of them have young kids. None of them have young kids. That you don't have to have young kids to have give out. Well, we're Christmas. not we're not the type of neighborhood you drive to. Well, not anymore. We never were. I would we never, never be that neighborhood. We never were. There's like four or five big neighborhoods. We're not one of them. So you have to have kids in your neighborhood if you want it to be big. Okay, well, and we're a, we're a retirement neighborhood plus Liz and I. It's kind of great because we got people watching our house. It's got to start seven. somewhere though. Yeah. It, thank be you. the change. Yeah. Thank you. Be the change. Christmas Hunter. though, our neighbor across the street goes hard in the paint. Hard in the paint. I'm gonna have to go check that out. We go just lights around the love, roof line. We go I lights around the roof line. Christmas lights. Basic reindeer, and then the street down. So like the next street over exactly behind our neighbor across from us even goes harder in the paint mm. and like so, with are you talking about like lights going hard or are you talking about like they have like an inflatable santa they've no. got like rudolph uh, they've it, got like so a, the one across the street from us is more the major yeah the one across the street from us is more yard hard in the paint okay the one behind him is all of the above 
Okay. Like, I, re- I respect the lights way more than yeah. the people that just put stuff in the there, yard. There's a, about 20 minutes away towards downtown, there's a like sync up with your radio station lights house. I love house. those. Yeah. I love those. There was one of those in our old neighborhood for Halloween, mm. and it was awesome. Like they they told like a spooky story or a story yeah. kind of, and they had the lights going. That's my and dream. And then they had like wow. stuff synced up in the windows where like shadows were coming. When like I retire, I'm going to be That's programming awesome. a Christmas program every year for my house. Will you be give, Will you also be giving out Halloween candy, please? If there's kids, I will. But like, I'm not going to turn my light Honor, on and be buy. The chain. No, if if I he buy, started if giving out twenty dollar bills for Halloween, do you not think Silas kids would show up? I would show up. Yeah, I mean, that, that would. News but I'm saying, if spread. I buy, if I buy, news If spread. I buy a bucket full of candy, yeah. and I'm like, heck yeah, this is the year. And then five kids show up, I'm gonna eat that candy. Well, depend. Okay, well that's your problem. But what else am I gonna do with the candy? Bring it, bring it into work like I did. And then I who did. eats it? Job. Who eats it? Carson was Carson was going ham on the candy. <laughs> yeah, we all were. Well, you is it, this is Brody's theory: is if he brings the candy in enough, he'll slow us all down, and then he really has no competition I'm, in the hundred meters. Really, honestly, not worried about that at all. I wouldn't but, um, you. Let's let's quickly talk though about the best because this is this was my favorite part of Halloween. Okay? okay, this is like my memory as a kid. First off, if you don't know about ro- rollerblades, I don't know I don't know what you were doing. Who you doesn't not, know about rollerblades? No, like trick or treating. Oh. Like that was that was like the secret code. You can't is, trick or, you can't rollerblade trick or treat around here. Yeah. Here, Way too hilly. Here you would die. What are you die. talking about? Way too hilly. You would you would die. What do you Silas. what do you mean what are you talking about? That you can't trick or treat on rollerblades or that trick or treat on rollerblades? Silas, you I would, didn't I didn't know that was a thing. Okay, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he grew Flo- up around okay. here too. Yeah, yeah. So in Florida where it's flat as a board, yeah. Yeah. Me and my brother would wear a rollerblade, so we would be like a basketball player. And that was the other trick too, is you wanted to be uh, like your costume needed to be someone like athletic. In the sense that you could just like wear something and you can get around quick. Like yeah. you don't want to be a freaking ninja turtle and have a turtle shell on your back and have all sorts or of like problems. a cape that you could possibly roll over. Don't want to have a cape. That's <laughs> always capes are a bad idea. And you would basically just be able to hit each house so quick because you're just going on rollerblades. You're just freaking flying in. That's flying so smart. out. And like you could just hit, we go pillowcases. Obviously, most people know the pro move, pillowcases, yeah. right? Um, way bigger. Yeah, way bigger. But our favorite part of the night, like, was coming back home and dumping out all the candy, yep. and we would sort it, right? So I'd get yeah. all Tootsie Rolls, Reese's, Mars bars, whatever. I'd start sorting everything and putting everything in their spots, and then we basically have like, we basically just have like an auction almost, right? And so it's like, hey, I don't like, uh, like I did not like Three Musketeers. I still don't like Three Musketeers. They're I think okay. it's, I think yeah. it's a pretty overrated right. candy bar. So I would trade my brother like five Three Musketeers for like one one Butterfinger, right? Oh, that's terrible. For who? You? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Five to five one. For, yeah. yeah, five for one. I'm that's not like gonna. A, that's it, like a two or three. But to I'm one. not gonna eat it. So like, well, he he needs five for him to actually do it. You know what I'm saying? Because Butterfinger is pretty good. Supply and demand. But like the idea is like you get a basically trade out what you want and it was just fast and it was so much fun just dumping everything out and seeing what you got um so speaking of that what is everyone's go-to like if you showed up obviously everyone loves the grab one please you know where it's just the bucket out there because you know you could just take a handful but and obviously everyone loves the king size bars right where you yes. show up oh, and yeah. it's just like a full a full king size there's bar. always that one house yeah Yep. But like, what is your besides those two instances? What is everyone's like go to candy where you show up and you're like, oh yes, this person's got this candy. What was it? 
That's tough. So, I mean, Reese's were like, I got me excited every time. Ooh, but us. Which one? There's so many. The normal, like Reese's cup. The normal cup. That got me excited every time, but I wasn't fist pumping because I saw them at every house. Okay. Mr. Good Bars, Ooh, I might have got a, You might have got an actual fist pump out of me. Ooh, when you brought in Mr. Wow. Good Bars, I took them all and stuffed them into my thing he, and took them did. into my office. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I, I grabbed like probably 20 of them. I, I've been looking for Mr. Good Bars at Sheets for like two months. Really? None. Interesting. Kelsey, my favorite candy Kelsey bar. did get a really good assortment of candies. That's my favorite yeah, candy bar. That was good. Size, what do you got? Mine? Let's see. Mine's got to be Snickers. Snickers? Snickers for sure. Okay. Snickers is like a meal replacement bar. Like this. To be fair, though, the, the little, the minis, the little the mini yeah. Snickers yes. is like a perfect because like people talked about that too. Like Reese's when they um like when you get the Reese's as, as a uh, not the cup. The uh, what is that? Pieces? The little, no, no, no. The little one where you have to like unwrap the, the foil. foil. What is that? It's that's a mini. A, that's a Reese's cup. Is that's it a, a mini? mini? Do you call a it mini. a mini cup? They're all cups. It's yeah, but okay, it's a mini. Like the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter and that is not nearly as good as the ratio in the actual cup. Mm. Yeah. No, no, I people agree. have talked about it. People have talked about it. Yeah, they're two different, different candies. They're not though. They are. And this is why I'm going to say Snickers is pretty superior in that because if I bite into a Snickers bar, it tastes exactly like biting into a mini. Like the mini tastes exactly like the, the ratio is the same. I mean, if Where, you're looking at them, it's the same candy, yeah. sure. Yeah. But mine would have to be Laffy Taffy. It's a oh, very rare. Which it's one? Very, which one? Wait, yeah, which one? Which I mean, one? banana. Oh, yes. It's okay. very rare. Laffy Taffy is okay. not a super common candy. That's awful. Banana? Yes, I love. No, bananas. Banana's good. Thank you. No, so, strawberry or grape. I would have at least like respected you. But Halloween is like it's up there as one of my favorite ho uh, holidays. Like, and now that I actually get to hand out candy and like see kids come and get super excited, like it was a lot of fun. Kelsey loved it. She was playing her like Halloween music and everything. It was great. Mostly on TikTok songs. Some first, the, this shouldn't be a debate. Disturbia by Rihanna is not a Halloween song. Halloween song? No. Disturbia. I mean, I feel like it gets played a lot Disturbia. on Halloween, but it itself is not a Halloween song. Okay. That's what I thought. Like she Halloween's said was, like a respectful time to play it. She sure. said it was she said it was in a playlist. I'm and, sure okay, I'm sure it's in a Halloween playlist. And I it's said probably you, in most Halloween I playlists. I told her she needed to skip that immediately. Because if I'm a kid and I'm walking up to Rihanna, Disturbia, I'm not excited. I'm trying to think of the lyrics to that song. It's not good. Yeah, I, don't, I mean it's a good song, but it's not a Halloween song. It's not like yeah. I want the monster mash. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's a, a Halloween song. Yard smash. That's a that's a Halloween um, song. Um all right, we can dive in a little bit to this upcoming season schedule. I just really, you know, I don't want to talk too much on this. We can probably go into more of this once we get closer to the season. The one thing I do want to talk about is the interesting thing that I didn't even know when I first looked at it. You brought it up to me. The tw there's, there's, I don't know how to say this. There, there, is, there are tournaments that were sent out as with all the 2022 tournaments mm -hmm. that are on the 2023 schedule. Two is, that the, is that the best way of saying that? Essentially, there's just two silver series that are happening after the tour finale. So the points for that will go towards the 2023 season. So it, it'd be, it'd be equivalent to, it'd be equivalent to like in the, the NFL basically saying, Hey, the Super Bowl is this date. And then there's going to be these two other tournaments after the Super Bowl that are going to count for the next season mm -mm. because they're silver series so it's not it's not a, a top tier thing but why announce it with the 2022 schedule Because it's happening in 2022 so if you wait till the 2023 schedule comes out so is it the weird events are going to be happening the next week do you think it's weird that events 
and 2022 are going to be counting for 2023. Do you see what I'm saying? How I see where it could be weird. Where you're but, basically okay, announcing almost here, like me, two schedules at the same time. Let me ask you this: does, does, It's not that big of does, a deal, but I was I was just confused by it. Does golf have? Because golf does golf or tennis even? Do they mm-hmm. have like actual seasons? Uh, I mean, like they, after there, the there FedEx is, there Cup, there is an off season. There but like, so is. after the FedEx Cup, is there going to be an event with PGA, FedEx Cup points the, the, that happen in the same calendar year? The PGA Tour would announce the 2022 season, and it would only be tournaments that would count for the 2022 season. So, what would they do with an event that happened? Let's say the 20. I don't know golf. They would schedule. announce it as it's during the 2023 season. But I'm saying, so in disc golf, we announced the 2022 season what last week? So end of October. Well, isn't basketball a good example? Basketball no. crosses over from 2022 to 2023. No, yeah, that's the twenty, but that's the twenty twenty. So right now we're in the twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two season. Yeah, because the season goes from October to June. Yeah, so it crosses over. Yeah, but that's all one season. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, the issue is, is we just announced the twenty twenty two season, right? Yeah, last week. Mm-hmm. These events would have already happened or be happening right now, basically next year. So if you wait till the twenty twenty three season's announced, the events are already here. So when are you going to announce them? You need to announce them in time for a player like you to be able to plan. Hey, if I want to hit enough Silver Series, there's two extra ones. Why not? I mean, when we need are, to announce it what, in time to what plan. day are the Silver Series after the Tour Finale? There's what like, dates are they? Uh, like one's the end of October. One's the beginning of November. So I need a year to plan those? No, but when are they going to... Why would they just announce two random why Silver would, Series in the middle of the month? Why wouldn't they go... The middle of the season. Why wouldn't they do six months from now? Well, I mean, again, this might be all this planning thing, but my idea would be like six months from now or seven months from now, you would announce the 2023 uh, schedule. I didn't find it weird at all because okay. I, I just saw it as I might like, I might be weird. In the I just saw it as like, these are all of our 2022 events. Okay. These two are going to happen after the tour finale. So the points from these two events, even though they're happening in 2022, will go towards 2023's tour finale. All right. I might. That's how I viewed it. Maybe other people don't view it weird either, but. Well, I, to me, it's just like the. I was, when you told me that those events were counting, because when I looked at it, I didn't think that. And then when you told me those two events account, I was like, well, I didn't even see that. What the heck? So, Well, because it's basically what they're saying is like, if you do it where October is like the cutoff, then what can you never have events in November or December? No, no, you can. But what, I, what I'm saying is you should have, be a, you should be able to come out in like, I don't know, May, June, something like that with next year's schedule. Maybe they'll be able to now. Yeah. The issue is that PDGA Things are changing and all that stuff. Well, the issue is the PDGA doesn't approve A tier sanctioning and well, they that, open it October eighteenth. That goes to a different debate of why does the disc golf pro tour need to have A tier sanctioned or B tier or whatever. Sure, so that's, that's different. different. But, but I'm yeah. just saying right now the issue is October eighteenth is the initial yeah. as soon as you can apply for an A tier. So then a few weeks go by mm-hmm. before the Pro Tour can even see what is an A tier, but to see even see what's gonna be on a silver series event for next year. Mm-hmm. So like there's no way you yeah. can in May know these I'm, events are gonna be silver. I'm talking silver in fairy fairy tale, so uh, you know, roast me all you want. I'm I'm I understand I'm like incorrect. the I understand where you're coming from. I don't It can't happen right now. I yeah, exactly. That's yeah. my point. Is I think that they did it the best way that it they it's can possible. for yeah. right now. Okay. Um, all right, you tweeted out something that said, what are your thoughts on how much players' packs should be valued for AMs? And I know you're probably going to dive into this more uh, on Griplocked, but I just want to quickly say I'm I'm kind of... In, I, don't, I don't know. I talked to Kelsey a little bit about this too because we do a lot of you know races. We've done like exactly. half marathons, yeah. 5Ks, all that stuff. And 
we're not when you know we pay 50 bucks i think our half marathon was a hundred dollars we're not assuming or thinking that when we show up, we're going to be getting all this swag and all exactly. this stuff. Right? Well, you can see where I'm headed with it with my follow-up tweet that I, I didn't sent. see the follow-up. I just recently sent. I quote tweeted it. Let me get to my profile so I can read it. I quote tweeted it and I said, all right, follow-up for the people who voted equal or greater answers. How much do you value the experience of the event when mm. registering and should that be factored in at all? So 70, if I do my calculations right, 76... Point six percent said that the players pack for AM should be equal to the entry fee or greater than the entry fee. Mm-hmm. Basically meaning 25% people thought that if I pay $100, I need to be getting back more than $100 worth yeah. of stuff. The reason this tweet was initially sent out, and what we'll talk about more on Griplock, was the NADGT that just happened. That is wild to me, Stylus. Um, what? I mean, that, that would be great. High. That'd be great for anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what... So the NADGT just recently happened... We'll talk about the details of that, but basically that's what started this whole conversation. Yeah. I wanted to see where do people think, because I think that's going to be a great talking point in general. Um, But I have told many local players, there's been several local players who want to go pro, but they're really good in MA1, and they're like on the fence of like, should I go pro now or should I not? And I'm like, what are your goals in disc golf? Yeah. And some of them are like, well, you know, if I went pro, I just think it'd be nice. I could make a little bit of money. I'm like, if you're just in it for money flip your players pack and flip your payout as an am you're going to make more money than a local pro every time mm. because every event basically you That's get interesting. you get your money back in the players pack so if i put 60 bucks in i'm getting a 60 dollar player pack flip that even if you get 50 bucks for it flip it 50 bucks then i get my payout of 90 bucks flip all those discs for 80 bucks i just got 120 some bucks at a local c tier unless you're winning open yeah you're not it's gonna be tough for you to because you're gonna be putting in probably 70 bucks so now you have to be getting 190 bucks dark horse strats from are you gonna take into account that silas you're gonna start i'm just saying saying, that's what right now am events i think are very very heavily uh weighted if that makes sense we're we're gonna talk about it a lot more on grip yeah i got more stats and stuff it's just wild to me though because i i i wonder you know because like when I was talking to Kelsey about the marathon we did, we mm-hmm. spent $100. We got probably like a $10 t-shirt. And you got a medal. We got like a $5 medal, if that. But they did feed us afterwards. Mm-hmm. There was live music. There was all this other there's an, stuff. There's an event experience that, that you are, paid for. Yeah, so like I'm not leaving with over $100 worth of stuff. But first off, like even if none of that stuff existed, you know, maybe my entry fee drops to like $60. And now, like, what I'm really paying for is like the the you know the police or whatever they need to do to have like security out to shut down the roads. I'm sure that costs some sort of money, right? And then like all like the functional stuff of like getting a time, uh, having photos while you're running, like all the functional stuff of like and the people who put the event on have to actually make make some money. Sure, all that stuff. So like, if I'm leaving and I don't even get anything to like take home with me, I'm still thinking like, hey, this was worth it. Right, like I'm not entering in a, a 5K race because I'm paying $35 and I'm getting $50 in return for my player pack. Like that's not why I'm entering it. So that I don't know if that's a disc golf thing or maybe that's an amateur thing across multiple. I think sports. it's a disc golf. Right? Mm. And so then it's like, hey, you pay 60 bucks. Look, you're already gonna get your 60 bucks back, and then you just have a free event. Yeah, and then we wild. have on top of it, here's payout too. To where there were several events in the early days, especially early days for me running a TD, if I made two bucks a player on the AM side, I was stoked. 
Like if we, when foundation didn't exist, we, mm-hmm. we weren't handling payout. Like you had to pay other people to handle your payout on top of it, right? To where there were some events where early, I wanted to make sure I got as many players out as I could. It was struggle to fill a tournament as a C tier. I would lose money. I would spend 300 bucks investing in the tournament to hopefully build it out and be okay. Like, hey, I lost 300 bucks this weekend. And I, and I worked all day Saturday. I mean, I think... I, I think but that, that was like to build the tournament out. But now what's happened is that doesn't ha- need to happen anymore, right? But players are used to it now. So you're used to like, hey, this tournament, I'm going to pay 200 bucks. I'm, I need to get a $300 players pack and I need my payout to be on top of it to where like each player is worth like $400. And so you're like 200% yeah. value. And it's like, where do you expect the tournament director to make money? And if the tournament director makes money, a lot of times it's looked at as like, that guy's a criminal. How dare he make money? And you're like, well then... How do you want people to keep running tournaments if they can't make money running tournaments? Because then you're just going to have crappy events ran by people who kind of don't want to be there versus like if it's a monetary like thing where people are motivated, like, hey, if I run 25 tournaments this year, I can make a living running 30 tournaments yeah. or whatever then, it may be. And then you actually have a full-time job running tournaments. And that, uh, yeah. And guess what? Those events are going to be back. really quality. Yeah. It's going to get back. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it depends. I think it just comes down to like why... Like what drives you to play tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. If the answer that is what drives you to play tournaments is I want to walk away with value of discs and swag and whatever like that. Just go buy it on then, then just go spend just go spend two hundred bucks on swag and go play around yeah. at your favorite course like, and like call if, it your tournament. If that's what if that's what you I mean, to me, like I just feel like if I if I showed up to an event and they had good bathrooms they had like everything was in line as far as like the schedule and everything like that parking was taken care of um scores were being updated well the the communication of like when tea times are going is happening uh maybe there's some snacks like on hole six and hole 12 there's snacks and good water yeah like i'm walking away being like all right that was a really good tournament i had a lot of fun going out and playing um but yeah i mean i guess you know there might be some people that are in it for the the other stuff. I just don't I I think this is where I was this is where I'll end it on. I think some tournaments for sure can be known as that like oh man this tournament gives out insane swag bags, right? Well, I think yeah. But I don't think you need to have like I don't think tournament directors should feel the pressure across the board that if they have a $60 entry fee and they're 60 and they've taken into account like okay, I'm going to make $2 off of each person and then this is going to go blah, 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 blah. And they can run a really good tournament, but there's no swag bag or whatever. Like, I just don't think they should feel pressured that they need, like, they need to give people stuff before yeah. they even, like... Well, I think that was part of the issue. You know, Why this whole anything. thing started was the NADGT. We'll talk about exactly... I don't remember because it's on my grip lock notes exactly the details. But basically, instead of saying, like, you're paying 200 bucks and we're going to give you two discs... This isn't the actual player's pack, but let's just say it was, like, two discs, a bag, and a hat. And you agreed, like I'm gonna pay two. I'm gonna pay two hundred bucks, and that's what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. It was like you pay two hundred bucks, your players packs gonna be worth three hundred and fifty plus dollars. Yeah, but there wasn't exact items listed. So then when they got it, people were like, what "The frick, this isn't." And so that was the issue that problem. started it. Yeah. So that's a whole separate issue. Yeah, I'm not uh, even but, talking. Uh, but, I'm not even talking about that. Like, no, obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. obviously, if you're doing that, if you're saying, "Hey, this is," I mean, there's influencers that have gotten that have done this scam to their to yeah. their people all the time. Is like. Hey, here's a, I'm going to send out mystery boxes for a hundred dollars. Yeah. It's going to be valued five hundred dollars, 
And then the people get them and they're like, this is all crap. What the heck? This is, this isn't even worth 20 bucks. Yeah. Like there's scam. Like those yeah. are scams. Well, that's, that's what I was saying. But that, up. that I'm situation, talking the, I'm talking about the premise of that the situation idea. started the whole conversation yeah. of players. It should, packs be a in good, general, it should be a good conversation. Which I think is a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. I think people need to talk about it because I mean, if, we if can people Trevor are, and I will definitely be able to talk about it a lot more yeah. because we can bounce off. We've both ran tournaments. Yeah. And so we know because it's hurting. It's just different from hurting, a tournament director's point of view it. than a player's point of view. But it's hurting it. That's the thing, yeah, right? Yeah, it's the, hurting the tournament. The prize packs is hurting the amount of tournaments that can go out, and it's also hurting the fact of where the money's going. Correct. Um, and I think part of it's just transparency too. Yeah. People need to know where their money's going when they put it in. Because if you knew, like I played a tournament at um, Ballantine in Charlotte. It's like 125 bucks for me to play. But a huge chunk of it, I forget what it was, but a huge chunk per player went to renting out the Ballantine Golf Club. Mm -hmm. And you knew that going in. So yeah. like our players pack for 125 bucks, our player pack sucked and it was trophy only. So if I looked at it just completely objectively as an am, I could be like, that was an awful event. Yeah. But since I knew X amount went to renting out the golf club so we could play there, then I walked away feeling like that was a great event that was because cool. I knew this was a sick experience. I got to play on this luxurious golf course we had food provided think, all of that built in because i knew ahead of time i think people have gotten bit you know they, yeah they've, they've, absolutely they've gone to a tournament that was 60 dollars and it felt like it should have been five yeah right and that i think everyone has experienced that before of like why the heck is this expensive yeah and I, i'll be frank with you like uh i don't i you know my my tournament fees are reimbursed right like i don't i don't you know i get that covered so i'm probably a little bit more um What's the word when you can't feel it? What's that word? What's numb. That? Uh, yeah, a little more numb to it because at, at the end, I'll, I'll be honest. Like at the end of the day, if some something's a hundred dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars, like I'm going there regardless, and I'm going there because I'm trying to get right. Uh, but you're not getting a player pack. I'm not getting a player pack. Yeah, yeah. but I I can I've definitely gone to some tournaments where I'm like, holy cow, like this tournament is not run well. And if it was my money and I wasn't there just because I'm there just for the competition, right? Like yeah. all the other stuff is bonus. If there's water, if there's bathrooms, like all that to me is like bonus stuff. But I can see how like if you were promised a player's pack or you paid $80 and you showed up and like, you're like, what the heck? Where's my money? It's going away. What are you saying? Where's my money going? Exactly. Now you're like, oh, the, the tournament director just basically pocketed all my money. I can see how you're upset with that. But I don't think, like in the grand scheme of things, I don't think that should be like what you should be thinking about every tournament. It's tough, obviously. It's, yeah. If you get if you get screwed once, like it's like tough to like just trust everyone. But I do think if tournament directors are really worried about that, I mean, it could be a problem for whatever. Um, all right, let it. Let's jump into the last thing I want. Oh no, let's real quickly. These just came out actually, so you guys can you guys can react with uh, if you guys haven't seen these, you guys can react to us live in the chat right now as well. Um, the chat's actually going off tonight, which is pretty. Well, someone started a debate fun. that they they're swearing up and down. Oh boy! Well, we got a lot of mods, so swear, we should be good. No, no, it's not a modded oh. debate. They're swearing. No, no, up I'm saying we have a lot of no, moderators. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying it's not a debate that really needs to be modded. It's just they swear up and down that disc golf's harder than golf. Oh, I thought you were saying swearing. Oh no, I'm saying like, they swear up like, and down. I was like, they're like dropping f bombs. Like they, they refuse to listen to people that they're saying would, golf's harder. I would than love disc to have him call in and That's see what, what he has say. Um, also, someone did donate. D help me out there. D Lilo. D Lilo. D Lilo. Uh, donated ten bucks to the podcast. Thank you for that. They asked, "How many pros do you think MPO or FPO are making more than Kristen Tatar?" So FPO, I would probably only put. I would probably only put 
Page and maybe Cat, but I don't think Cat is making. Well, we if she think, resigns after her world championship, maybe. Well, are we talking just off contracts or are we talking? I think overall. Overall. Yeah. Because that's tough because, like, Missy, for instance, on tournament earnings alone this year made $67,000. 500 grand, close. 500 grand over four years is 125 a year. She might but be, Kristen's not really able to play much. Yeah, right but now. Kristen, how much did Kristen make this year in winnings? She probably no. made 20, 30, 40. I would K. say, like, if Kristen's playing every Pro Tour event and everyone else is playing every Pro Tour event, I would say FPO, Page, and maybe Cat. And maybe Cat. And then on MPO, I would say handful. the top. I'd say there's a handful. Five to five, eight. Five to eight, yeah. Yeah. I'd put her in the top. It might, it would put her comfortably in my top 20 oh easily Overall. top 20 highest paid for sure comfortably in my top 20 for sure um so let's just chat real quick because these just came out the college football uh college football rankings just came out so for those that don't oh, these know are different than what these ESPN. are not the college football rankings these are the college football rankings so this is such a weird there's another like weird thing that college football and really everyone does but i love it right like they come out with the early they come out with like preseason rankings right and then from there those rankings ultimately they do matter a little bit because they do kind of go into this formula but it's a weird thing because you have some teams like i believe iowa at one point was like two in the nation or something and they just, they're you, you can tell they're not good notre dame is a is a great school that does this every year where they're like always in the top 10 no matter what and some years that they end up like not even the top 25 right um so the rankings that actually matter, college football playoff rankings, top four go into the playoff, just came out. And this is not going to tell me what those are. How How is it so hard to you find this? you find it on ESPN? How is it so hard to find this? I can find it on ESPN's Twitter. Predictions? This just came out. Um, But really, I mean, honestly, all I really want to talk about is Alabama at number two. Uh, How the heck, how the heck do you put Alabama at number two? That's really what I want to know. Uh, also, um, Michigan State jumping up that much. Like I don't, I don't see how that happened either. Michigan State, I believe, is three. Yeah. So right now, it's and they six. beat a Michigan team that hasn't beaten anyone yet. ESPN tweeted Georgia number one. That's fine. They're Alabama clear in front number the, two. I don't get that. And then Michigan State number three. I think that's 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 this a is after week high. ten. And then that's, that's right now. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying, how many more weeks are there? There's there's a couple more weeks. There's like yeah. 15, there's like 15 or 16 what, weeks. Did you see Wake Wake Forest? Wake it's Forest, ninth. yeah. Wake Forest is dark horse. Sneaky. Dark horse. Well, then Oregon, undefeated. Oregon's number four. You know what's wild though is Wake Forest could go undefeated, win the ACC, and not make it in. Well, that's a that's what that's there's what a I very hate. good yeah. chance. There's a very good chance stand, that actually. Happens. I can't stand college football simply because like. If you're not in the SEC, like you, a if I feel like if you're not in the SEC, you can't lose. I know that's not true. I know it's not fully no, true. Flo Florida definitely lost last week. Yes, Hard. Florida definitely showed that you can lose last week. But I'm saying if you're if you're not in the SEC or Big Ten, and you get a loss or, on your schedule or Big Ten or Big Ten, sure. Yep. But ACC is a great example. If Wake Forest, well, Clemson, goes, well, Clemson's trash this year. Yes. that's the problem. You got to have you got for this to work. You have to have a couple teams. Even if they're not good, they have to look good. And right now in the ACC, like Clemson, everyone thought Clemson was going to be good this year. They're trash. Yeah. So like, if you're a Wake Forest, who do you have to like? That's what basically I'm saying. Say is, that you beat. But what? It, but you don't know how good of a team they are because who have they lost to? 
No, I no one. I, this is why. Uh, no one. This right is now. why no I would one. love the playoff. That's system. why it should be massive. Why? I can't be massive. I get it. Eight. Can't be sixty. I would whatever love games. eight. I think but eight going would to be eight would great. be much better. I mean, I six is, talk about going to eight. Well, six, I think, is going to happen in a couple years. It has to because people are just start going. Nuts. They've just got to make it bigger. I just hate. It makes it hard for me to care about college football because if a team you're like somewhat rooting for and they can be filthy, and they just sneak one loss, it's like. Kind of a bonehead loss. They have to lose at the beginning of the season. See, Ohio State's in a really good spot because they lost first game, right, to a highly ranked Oregon team. Oregon's still highly ranked right now. So Ohio State, if they run the table, they're in. Yeah. But some of these other teams, if they lose, they're undefeated. If they like Oklahoma, for example, Oklahoma's undefeated. But if they lose to like Oklahoma State late in the season, they're out. I just that's even though they like. both lost one game, I just I, may, I think it's because I'm so used to college basketball where it's like every team has a shot because like if you win your well, conference yeah. championship, you're in, and then like you could have a filthy, you could have Davidson with Steph Curry that like yeah. if that's if he if Davidson's well, with March Steph, Madness, there's no picture this picture this Davidson with Steph Curry, there's is no comparison. Is a football team. They're never getting into the playoff. That's never a storyline. It's UCF. That was that was UCF who claimed that they were national champions that yeah. one year because they they went undefeated, but they didn't make it into the playoffs. So they said we're national champions. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I respect them. I kind of want a UCF national championship hat. Ohio State's going to beat Michigan State, yeah, beat but... Michigan, and they beat Wisconsin and be the number two seed going into the college football playoffs. You heard it here first. Um, all right. Uh, last thing, real quick, before we jump into a fun game. That Hunter has made for me, and maybe Silas, you can join in too. I don't know. Did you? Talk I, to I intentionally about it? created this game to spark debates. Okay, perfect. Oh but boy. before we go into that, I didn't talk to Silas about it. He wasn't working. One of oh the boy. biggest, one of the biggest debates that went on, Silas, because I want to kind of get your opinion on this. Okay. I feel like you would have an interesting opinion. This this went on for maybe thirty minutes, no, and then no. it was re brought up for another twenty. I have information from Kelsey. Okay. I, I'm not talking to him this second. I, I know fine. what he's about to bring up. <laughs> that's I'm not fine. Talking. Right. I will get to here. I'll just quickly talk about it a little bit. And maybe we'll bring this up. Oh, this is a good promo for the banter. So this week, when is that going up? The banter? Thursday? Friday? It's going to go up Thursday. Thursday. Uh, the Bogey Bros banter, which used to be a Patreon-only podcast, is now it's going... It's going public. It's going public. We're going NASDAQ. To, what is that? P-O-E? The Stock Exchange. Is that what it We're is? We're an IPO. IPO. What was POE? Well, I, don't I don't know. even know. Um, POE? We're not actually going public. I don't know what it's that is. It's going public as in like you can watch. But it. yeah, so everyone will be able to watch everyone will be able to watch the Bogey Bros banter. Uh, and then we also have a new podcast coming out called Lunch Break. That's Patreon uh, only. That's Patreon. That's only. taking place of the Bogey Bros banter to Patreon, but it's going to be a live stream, more interactive, more people. I yeah, think the pa- I think it's, Friday. I think the Patreon members will enjoy it more and the Bogey Bros banter I think our podcast audience will enjoy. Yeah. So this would be a topic that you would see on lunch break, which is the new podcast for Patreon only. And this is one of the reasons why we're having lunch break, because I was like, dude, we talk about some really good topics on here and we need to have other people chime in. So Silas, this was the topic. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Can I pose him the question? No, 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 no. I feel like you're going to pose him the question in a way that makes me lose. You can pose the question, but I'm going to talk about how we even got there. First off. Okay. So right. we Wait, were, oh, you're gonna talk about it first? Can I can I pose the question first? No, 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 no. Because you no, no, no. Let don't, me just pose the question no, first. Don't pose it because I just want to hear Silas's raw answer. Oh, gosh. Okay, go. All right, Silas, you yeah. have unlimited money, okay. more money than's in the world right now. Unlimited, okay. trillions and trillions, however much money you want. Okay. Is there a tangible object on Earth that you can't buy? Not a person or like a body part or anything like that, but like a tangible object, property. House, I mean, you don't have to give tables. examples. Jeez, 
Is okay. there an object on Earth with unlimited money you can't buy? Basically, can you buy everything? If you have enough if money, you can have... you buy everything? I don't, that's just the question. Uh, See, I think it would have been better. There's if no, I there's no I, wrong I, answer. I think it would have been better no, if I, I built hear, it. I want to hear his okay. answer. Uh, there's yeah. no wrong if answer. You ha- if you have enough money, yeah. you can buy anything. Okay. Okay. Or, perfect. That's it. All right, so are we talking materialistic things? Yes. Well, hold on. Yeah, I'll, I'll exactly. po- hold Material on. Things. I'll, I'll okay. pose the question. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this is how it starts. This is how it starts. Okay, how does start? I said, you know, it would be an awesome job to have is to be like one of those admission people at a college, like a really nice university. First yeah. off, and <laughs> how? <laughs> how would that be a great job? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. First off, Just could, sitting there because I'm changing approved. kids' lives. I'm changing kids' lives, right? I'm but being you're going to have a I'm thousand being, of them on your desk. No, no, but, every I only, day. but I only have to read three. Like those people are cranking out applications every yeah. day. I have a cushy job where I just come in. I just get to pull like three. Okay. Okay. And I'm just looking at this and I'm like, oh, Justin Thomas. He's from Wintergreen, Florida. Very interesting. I get to read his whole whatever. Right. So Trevor was like, yeah, but you're gonna have to deal with all those like bribers. Right. You're going to get bribes. How you? And I'm like, oh, that's fine. Like, I'm not worried about that. And he's like, yeah, but what if like someone like offered you $10,000 for Johnny to get in? And I'm like, I'm not taking that. I'm like, I don't want, I'm not, I'm not accepting money as a bribe. Like I right. want something that I can't, like, I want something that I can't buy. What the heck? Like, I don't want you in. So I, I kept asking, basically saying like, so, give me, give so me something. That's where it came Yeah. From. Cause I was like, give me something that I can't buy. Right. I was like, and Hunter basically was like, there isn't anything. And I was like, oh really? And I said, how about a tea time at Augusta? Which, if you don't know, Augusta is where they hold the Masters. Right, right. right. To which I said, you couldn't find a club member to pay a trillion dollars. Super exclusive. For hey, I need a tea time. Okay. Then we kept talking a little bit, and then I said another another thing that you would never be able to buy, and I got confirmation from Kelsey is you would never be able to buy our corgis. No amount of money. No amount of money would she ever sell the corgis. Then I brought up, so I brought that up, and then Hunter was like, I, I posed it to Hunter. I was like, Hunter, would you sell your dogs? And he said, absolutely. Well, then, I didn't say absolutely. I said for <laughs> yeah, millions. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely my number was for in million. the million. Okay. Don't, the I'm not writing, you're not writing me an $800 check for my dog, okay? <laughs> but, but then Trevor upped it and said, okay, but the person that's writing you the check yeah. is li- literally tells you like, hey, I have this gun. As soon as I buy your dog, I'm going to shoot it in its head. Would you still sell it to him? Oh. Him and Liz both said they would for 10 to 15 mil. Okay. I, would, I mean, I would do it Which for 10 to 15 My point is, and this is my point, some people are going to view certain things. Yes. There's a reason why the word priceless exists. Correct. Some people, I guarantee they have some sort of something in their collection, right? They're, they have a collectible, yeah. something like that, or some some. For a family heirloom or something. Well, here's what I'm saying. Where they will not, no matter how much money, and this is the other reason, how many times have you driven down like a really, really uh, like built out, like a Chicago, a New York, like a mm-hmm. built out city. Yes. And then there's like between these huge skyscrapers, there's a rinkity dinky little house. It's because right. that person literally, no sell. matter what people come to them, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars saying, we want your land. We want your land. They're like, no, this is my house. This is where I live. I'm living here. I think some people, there's certain things that they will never sell, and that is why the word priceless exists. I rest my case. I will say the per, the, the the house very, the house is a very small percentile that I would agree with you. Like you probably you could offer that person ten trillion dollars. It's just the that person has made money it their means life nothing goal. to them. At that but point. 
what I will say is it's a lot like if I if we're about to shoot a basketball shot, right? And you're at half court. I'm like, dude, a million bucks if you hit this. And it's just me and you right now in our current life state. And I say a million bucks if you hit this, no pressure on you because you know Hunter's not giving me a million bucks if I hit this, right? Versus I now have a check in my hand for a million dollars and you know it's a legit check. And I'm like, if you hit this, you get a million dollars. Now there's pressure. Sure. So what I'm saying is priceless. If I have a card that's priceless, yeah. right? If someone if someone was like, dude, what if someone offered you $10 trillion? You're like, Pfft priceless dude no way because you know like no one's offering me 10 trillion dollars he's got a point versus someone walks in with a check that says 10 trillion dollars in your name on it and you're like this is literally yours if you give me your card i'm like like right now you know what that michael jordan rookie card is what does priceless mean here you go all yours i think there's some i think there's some people that just don't that's all all i'm saying don't care about money and they care about what though the whole the original initial point was he said there was no amount of money on the face of the earth that yeah. you could buy Augusta with the golf club. You couldn't. Yes. You couldn't. You couldn't buy it. I was saying that there's enough money somewhere, no. somehow, that you could. Even it's if you possible. bought like the whole state of Georgia and you're like, hey, I'm buying every property in Georgia. You can't like, buy the White House. I'm just saying like that there's ways around stuff. All right. Let's jump into That's this all I'm game. Saying. I don't think so. I think I think Hunter has a great point. But Brody's point is better. Well, the whole thing is this is all fictional. So there's it's no way to fictional. actually know the answer until right. someone offers the owner of Augusta ten trillion dollars. All right, you'd be the first. Well, I mean, the richest man on earth is worth like three hundred billion. <laughs> so <laughs> we we need Elon Musk to a all of that be liquid, which it's not, and b <laughs> be worth now five hundred thousand oh, times man. that. Get to Mars or something. What? <laughs> okay, well, let me introduce you to a game. This is gonna be the first game we've ever had on debate night, and I think it's a pretty great game. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. Silas, if you want to if you want to jump in on this, you can. Okay. So basically the premise is um I have went in, into the PDGA rules, deep into the PGA rules. Mm. I have pulled four rules on my on my sheet right here, okay? Some are going to be real, some are going to be fake. So some oh. I just made up. Some are 100% real rules. Y'all's job and we'll keep your score against each other is just to tell me if this is a real PDGA rule or if this is a PDGA rule that I made up. We'll do like a one, two, three, and then you say okay. real or fake. All right. Okay. First rule. If a thrown disc breaks into pieces, its position is that of the largest piece. Mm. Alright, y'all I'm ready? ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Is three, this true or false? Uh just real, real real or real fake. fake. Real, real or fake. fake. Real or fake. Okay. Three, two, one. Real. Fake. Brody's right. One point, Brody. Oh, hide okay. the chat. Uh, I, I I know you didn't look. I, didn't I know you didn't look, look. I didn't look. That was also by far uh, the the by far the easiest one. But hide the chat. Brody's up one zero. Well, don't be mean to Silas. Okay. Jeez. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, Silas has never like played in tournaments. Yeah, that's that's I something feel, that you will like learn as you play. For I sure. feel like someone, and this is why how I know most of the rules. To be honest with you, is I feel like most people have like told me stuff. Yeah. Someone has shattered a disc. Yeah. If it's cold enough, I have Casey Pro Rock. Did you not listen to Grip Lock last week? He was like, I almost cried. He was like crying and telling a story about his disc. Really though, like Mick Pro, Mick Pro Plastic, Casey Pro Plastic. Next question. Next rule. Next rule. Okay, so Brody's up one zero. Brody's up one zero. All right. Next rule: the player with the lowest overall score or lowest player number in case of a tie is responsible for keeping and turning in the score. If other players or staff volunteer to keep score, they may do so if the majority of the card is in agreement. Oh, okay. I'm ready. Are you all ready? Yeah. Silas, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> fake. False. Oh, y'all both said fake. Yeah. Is that real? That is fake. 
So the actual rule, the actual rule, the reason I rewrote this is, I don't know if you know the actual rule to this actually though. So the the actual rule in the PDGA is it has to be proportional among card members. What does that mean? So if no one volunteers to keep the score for the entire round, if everyone's just like, I don't really want to keep score, you have to go, it actually goes four holes, five holes, four hole, five holes. So all four keep it. Yeah. But who has to turn it in? The person who is at the top of the card is responsible actually to turn it in. That's like uh, normally just like a tournament thing. Everyone's responsible to check their score. Yeah. And then the entire card is held responsible for turning it in. But etiquette wise, it's normally the first person. Okay. PDJ rule wise, the entire card's responsible. And that's why they're proportionally responsible for keeping that score. Interesting. So I thought I might get you because usually the player with the lowest overall score, which is the top of the card, is the person who starts. And a lot of times it's the person who's just like, you know what, I'll keep it. Don't get mm. us, man. But I didn't get you. I thought I literally was going off the fact of like who had to turn in. So I technically was wrong, but I got it right. You so got it right. I'll take it. All right. Third rule. A disc that is questioned by another player or an official is illegal until it is subsequently approved by a tournament director. Oh, gosh. You've asked this before. Or you've talked about this before. Okay. Say it one more time. It. Say it one more time. Hold on. Hold on. Silence. Deeds. <laughs> a disc that is questioned by another player or an official is illegal unless it is subsequently approved by the tournament director. Meaning that if I question your disc, you cannot throw it until a tournament director comes and says that disc is PDJ approved. Am well, I- I'm allowed to throw it, but I'm risking a two-stroke penalty. You are? In this case. Okay. A legal disc is a two-stroke penalty every time okay. you throw it. So what you're saying, though, is what, what I said is correct. Essentially, yeah. As soon okay. as you question okay. said right. disc, it is now I legal. It. I got it. You ready, Silas? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Real. Two. Y'all are both right. Let's go. That is rule eight, 813.01. That was a make like, that call segment. I feel like I was a make that call because I remember it. That's just to me, that is the most drastically craziest yeah, worded rule of all Because time. you basically, right. I think you guys were joking. And this is why it stuck in my memory. I think you were like jokingly talking about like if Silas had like a zone that yeah. he was just crushing you. Perfect with. example. You be like, Drew Gibson's hey, orange buzz. Yeah. Sorry, orange mid-range. Yeah. Just what if like, like USDGC... Hey, I think that the weight's too high on USDGC, that. I'm like, right. Drew, I'm pretty sure that's an illegal disc. Yes. Until, <laughs> until the tournament director, who is Jonathan Poole, who was just kind of floating around everywhere <laughs> until, he shows, until he shows up and approves. <laughs> it doesn't say an official. Out. It says he the director. He can't throw that disc. Oh, wow. No, he can throw it. No, but but he's risking. So if he throws it, oh, he's if he throws it, so if now he, if he if he knows a hundred percent that it's like a hundred percent, this is legal. But I would be nervous to do that. Exactly, it makes you nervous because if it if it turns out at the end of the round it's checked and it's illegal, oh. every time you threw that disc is a two stroke penalty. Gosh! And yeah. if you throw it enough, you can be disqualified from the tournament. There's no real line as to when that happens. It just says like if you continue to throw an illegal disc, you can be disqualified. So like every time you threw it, now you're like. But what if, like, I don't know the weight of this disc and, like, by chance it is too heavy? I should, like, pull that. Uh, like, in the back of your head? No, I should, like, yeah. have that, you have that. I should, like, do that if, like, if me and Paul do, like, a battle. Be like, hey, man, I'm pretty sure this Be like, illegal. hey, your Lunas, they look illegal. And then make him have to putt with, like, a buzz or <laughs> That's something. That's what I'm saying. Like, what if you called both of someone's putting putters illegal? Yeah. Then, like, every time they're on a putting ring, you're like, I really hope that Discraft put the right sticker, weight stickers on this thing. <laughs> like, yeah, like, who knows if that's I, right. I hope this didn't weigh in at 176 when I tap out because I just took 30 putts this round. Yeah, because there are not, I'll tell you right now, there are no way players are, and maybe players they should, maybe they should, but players are not checking to make sure their discs are legit. They're, they're assuming that the manufacturers that are sending them the discs. That's what I'm saying. Is imagine how terrifying that would be if someone I would be legitimately terrified. called you on like your I would be, favorite disc. Yeah. I would be terrified. Would get I would nerves going. I wouldn't throw it. Sure. Yeah, and then like ruin your whole round. That's a very scumbag thing to do. But I I've read it. the rules multiple times, and I'm like, <laughs> that is possible. Wow. 
Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. All right, Brody. Now we know. First off, you've already beat Trevor and Connor at this game with the same well, rules. I mean, are you surprised? But you have a shot to go four for four here. Let's go. Uh, Silas, if you get this right and Brody gets it wrong, then we tie, we tie and I'll have to come we up with a tiebreaker. Tie okay, so final rule. A player must not engage in distracting or unsportsmanlike actions such as advancing beyond the away player. Oh, Silas, I'm ready. Can you read that again? A player must not engage in distracting or unsportsmanlike actions such as advancing beyond the away player. The away player meaning the player who it's their turn to throw. Oh, okay, okay. Y'all ready? I got it. Three, two, one. Real. Fake. It is real. I hate this. Oh. goes to Brody. You picked a lot of rules that I absolutely hate. I said it was meant to spark debate. Yeah, I hate this. What, rule, what, did, uh, the, what did Connor and Trevor get wrong? So Connor got wrong. They both. I got them both with my fake rule. They both thought that was real. Okay. Uh, that was well written. I will say that. How many did they get? So they, they both got, got two. two. Oh, so you okay. tied them. Yeah, you, you tied. tied. You tied. tied. And then Trevor missed the last one, and Connor missed the second to last one. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But the reason I brought up the last one is because <laughs> you've talked that. about. Yeah, I hate that rule. The fact that because I'll be frank, I I break that rule every time I play. Explain, and it should be broken. Explain the rule. So, so essentially, if I'm farthest away from the basket, yeah. so I'm. No, let's do. Let's do like a diagram. Let's okay. Do a diagram. diagram it up. Okay. okay. This is Hunter. Okay. Hunter. Hunter's the phone. This is me. Okay. Yeah. I'm back here. This is great and for the, the audio basket, listeners. Yeah, the audio listeners are loving this. <laughs> Pull those keys in here. Pull those keys in here. Okay. Basket. Put the keys here. That's the basket. Okay. Basket. Hunter's here, getting ready to throw a shot 400 feet away. Yes. Okay. I'm supposed to stand here. And just watch Hunter. Right. But my disc is way over here. So instead of me standing here and watching Hunter and then having to walk. You just walk? I hate I, that noise. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just I just go to my disc. Advancing I, beyond where I'm at. I'm I'm in front, I'm in front of Hunter. Yeah, because Hunter right now, he's range finding. Yeah. He's like trying to figure out what disc he's doing. Guess what I'm doing? I'm also doing the same thing. Right, yeah. I'm I'm getting stuff set up. Then Hunter, I see Hunter's getting ready to throw. I stop. Hey, I watch. I watch Hunter. Hunter throws. I watch it. Okay. Ching! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I and then I start getting ready to throw. Yeah. Right. Versus right now, you have everyone standing behind the person that throws, and then right. they go to the next person, and then uh, everyone stands behind that person. So yeah. in the woods, it doesn't make that much sense. You can't really do it in the woods, but especially on some of these bigger courses. You definitely can, and uh, you know I'm just all about trying to not be out there for five hours. Yeah. So the whole the whole reason makes sense. this rule exists because in golf you can walk forward, correct? Yeah. But in golf, when you go to hit the shot, you're it's looking like down a, it's at like, the ball. It's a respectful. Uh, thing. Okay. Is that correct? In golf, you look down at the ball when you hit. Yeah. Sure. In disc golf, you're looking <laughs> up towards your target. I just yes. don't like this. So the as the a difficult argument. well the difficult part is let's say that in your in some scenarios I agree with you. Like but if what you're, you're saying is like now you're saying like the difficult part is having fans in front of you. Well, yes and no, because like if there's a wall of fans, I'm not distracted. If there's one singular person in the woods, like where Silas is at and well, he's range finding and stuff, now I'm distracted. The woods, the woods does not count. We're right, not talking I'm about in a wide open field. You're in a wide open field. There's and a I'm wall three, of people two, and they're all moving. I'm not distracted. No, but I'm 200 feet to your left and so, 50 feet in front of you. So when I'm running up directly where my head's going to be as I'm reaching back and pulling through. 200 feet away. Yeah. But you're moving. 
No, I'm not. Not when you're not when you're like when I see that you're about to throw, I I I stop. But there's a chance that you could be distracting me since you're now in my prefer- my field of vision versus Well, that would be a jerk. Not. That'd be a jerk thing to do. It wouldn't be intentional. You're just still getting your range finder out of your bag. You don't know I'm about to throw cuz you're 200 feet away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, the whole issue. Now you can also say like, okay, but there's the other thing. I hate when people like your argument. I hate when you're playing on courses where holes are really close together. And like they're literally there's someone three hundred oh. feet away on another hole, and they just like stop. So you want to see that happen? So the higher I'm, the I'm higher behind holes you. should keep playing. I'm behind you. I'm no, I'm talking about like there's you're three hundred like you're in, if you're three hundred feet away, no. Okay, well I okay two hundred feet. I mean, it's, it depends on how wide open we're talking. If like, it's like perfectly is, no, flat look, 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 field look, look, and look, you're putting straight look, 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 look. at me, you've I'm seen, stopping. You've seen tons and tons of courses where yes. the holes are next to each other, where you can stand on one hole and see multiple holes yeah there are people that will not throw until nothing is happening around them i think that just slows it down so much it does slow it down but they also have the right within the rule because they're being distracted and so therefore their 30 seconds okay. resets every time they're distracted right. i can see how it's a distraction and theory what should I mean, happen if someone's playing is a if hole, on hole if someone's it's like if i'm throwing if i'm throwing this way and someone's over there 250 feet away playing their hole i should not be getting distracted by that well, the thing is, so let's say putting the, is different. If I'm putting and there's people moving right behind the basket, that's different. I'm talking about someone's in my peripheral, 250 feet away, playing another hole. Okay, that's, let's say hole that's nine, fine. they're throwing that's down towards saying. you. You're on hole ten. You're throwing this way. Hole nine should be the people stopping, waiting for you to throw, because that I, speeds up their round. Because now they don't have to wait for you on hole ten. I know. I just don't like stopping. That's how it should happen. I just don't like stopping that much. Saying, the low, the lower hole always waits for the higher hole because that speeds up the entire round. Right. If the higher hole waits backwards. Hunter is wrong. 805.01 section D. Ooh, might oh. have to look that up. Might have to look that up. That's what I said. If a thrown disc breaks into pieces, its position is at the largest piece. That's a real rule. 805.01 D. He said Hunter is wrong. Section section D. What's section D? That's eight oh that's I promise you it's gonna be word for word what I just read because I copy and pasted. Mm, this guy paid five dollars to prove that you were wrong. Yeah, I feel like he would. I feel sure like he, he would have I mean, paid five I, bucks. I'm sorry for what's about to happen to him. Five bucks. What's going to happen to him? Did I copy it down wrong? Are you about to? Oh my gosh! Am I? Did I not go nope. four for four? Oh no, you did. If a thrown disc breaks into pieces, its position is at the largest largest piece. Eight oh five point oh one D. All right, I don't know. If what a thrown disc breaks into pieces, its wh- position is at the largest piece. Eight oh five point oh one D. What the heck is Brent doing? Real rule. Uh, what the heck is Brent doing? No idea. Brent. Brother, it's on my. Brent, it's on you my got note. my hopes up. It's on my note. Size really size. Oh, because you would have been right. Yeah, we've we been tied. tied three for four. We're tied. Okay, don't know. All right, let's take some calls. Yeah, let's do it. Let's see. We. I feel like the chat has enough uh, spunk in here going on, so I feel like we we might get some good calls tonight. You never know. All right. Jack says he got his question ignored. Jack, what was your question? I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. It might have been when we had the chat hid because we were playing a game. Yeah. That, very cool. Very well could have been. Very well could have I'm been. I'm scrolling back. I'm not seeing the five dollar dono. Well, if he if he if he says it. No, because there's D Lolo when we hit that. Yeah, but if he says it in the chat, then I'll then I'll I'll, gi- I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. All right, we got a caller. Brian, Brian Earhart. Okay. Elite team replacement. Well, here, we'll take the caller okay. first. Hello, hello. Hello. What's going on? You guys hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. How you doing? Uh, my name is Mark. I am from Connecticut. I don't know if we've ever had a Connecticut caller. I didn't admit this might be the first one. Connect I cut. Tell you to remember to smell Connecticut. 
<laughs> so I'm actually going to come at Hunter a little bit. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, whenever you guys talk about the player of the year debate, Hunter always has to bring that he's not considering Silver Series events. First, I want to know why. Get him. Get him. I think the last one I brought up in Grip Locked, I'm trying to remember if I did consider it or not. Reason I didn't consider it is because it's not an elite series event. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. What okay. about what um, happens? What if it has an elite series field? I don't care about the field. Okay. Okay, so I have I have kind of have two two kind of points on this, and my hot take is that I do not believe that Kiwis would win Player of the Year without these events. All right. So first, I'm going to bring up just the player of the year, what it is. And if you go on the PGA website, it says that it takes into consideration PDGA B tiers and above. Yeah. So obviously that. you have to take it into consideration. Um, obviously you know that. And like Brody was saying, you do have to look at the field. If you look at Goat Hill, which was one of the two that he won, not the biggest field, but if you look at the open at Belton, you have Calvin Heinberg, you have Paul McBeth, Chris Dickerson, Kevin Jones, Garrett Gerthy, Nick Castro. You have a decent field that he had to beat out. And if you remember, Paul McBeth and him were just dueling out the entire, entire time. Mm -hmm. My second point of this is that last time you guys were talking about this, Hunter brought up that he was kind of going back and forth on who was it was going to be. But he said, my final decision was that Ricky won the Pro Tour points and the National Tour points, and that's why he believed that Ricky would be the player of the year. Do you remember saying that? I do. Okay, so do you know how the points are made up for the Pro Tour? The Pro Tour does factor in Silver Series. Okay, so Ricky only won the Pro Tour by, I'm looking at it, 18 points, but he received 65 points from Silver Series. Mm-hmm. So if you take away his Silver Series, even just the events in general, he loses to Eagle by almost 50 points. So personally, if I, think, I think if Eagle was the Pro Tour points winner, he would easily win Player of the Year. But because of the Silver Series events that really just pushed Ricky over that edge a little bit for the Pro Tour points, I believe that that's why he's Player of the Year. Now let me read this stat to you. From this is I, I pulled this up for Grip Locked a little bit ago. So Ricky, okay. Paul, and Eagle were the three that kind of came to the forefront. They were all in contention. So what I did yep. is I just wanted to see all three of them are in a field. Who was winning the most? Mm -hmm. So when it all all three of them are present, there was however many events. If they tied, I gave them. If they tied for the win over the other two, I gave them half a point. Eagle yeah. had four and a half points. Yep. Paul tied Eagle at four and a half points, and Ricky yep. beat both of them at six points. Yeah. And if you go head-to-head, -head, Ricky versus Eagle and Ricky versus Paul, Ricky wins both of those pretty handily oh, as well. So when it all but came I, down to, and if you win an Elite Series uh, wins, they're pretty much all neck-and-neck neck because we counted the Major as two wins, two Elite Series wins for Paul, and then we went Ricky versus Eagle. They're all within like one win there. So basically, to me, the best way to decide was head-to-head. -head. And when you go head-to-head, -head, Ricky wins no matter how you slice it. Yeah. But the, pretty much my debate was that I just don't think you're giving Silver Series enough credit. Obviously, if you go like in order, just based off of you have your top 
PGA, uh, DGPT events. Um, you can even put national tours in there. Those are pretty much against the entire, entire field. And then right under that is going to be Silver Series. So, yes, you could say it's not that top, top level because you might not have everybody there. You might not have enough points. But I really think that those Silver Series for Ricky, he had two wins, and those points really propelled him just over uh, Eagle in those pro tour, uh, pro tour standings. So that's why I just feel like you need to give them a little bit more credit than um, what Ricky should be deserving for him. I think Silver Series are important when it comes to the, the points. I just don't like it when we're talking about player of the year because okay. you never know what you never know what the field was like at a Silver Series because it's not a yeah. top event. And it's also, years from now, we're not going to be talking about a Silver Series win but we might be talking about a pro tour win because the pro tour yeah. is the, the tour silver series five years from now, realistically will probably be the qualifying tour to get onto the pro mm -hmm. tour. So yeah. to me, I, I just view silver series is like a, a step above an A tier, but still mm -hmm. not a top tier event. So when I'm looking at just like straight up wins, I don't really care silver series. Now, if we go like the head to head matchups, I factored in some silver series. Cause if it was like Paul and mm -hmm. Rick are both there and I'm trying to see who beat who more, then I factored that one in because it was just Paul versus Rick is all I cared about. But when I'm looking at a field, I don't want to give Rick the same kudos for beating a field that was, you know, Nico and Garrett Gerthier, the only other two top name players there, yeah. as I give Paul a win when, you know, 20 of the top name pros are there. It, it's hard yeah. to know when you're looking at a Silver Series what that really means when, some, when a player wins that. Yeah, I just think if, if you take Pro Tour standings into consideration when you talk about Player of the Year, then you do need to give those Silver Series credit because, like I said, if you just take away all Silver Series points, Ricky's not uh, the leader for the Pro Tour standings. Eagle is. Yeah. And I believe that if Eagle was first in the Pro Tour standings, then he would be the player of the year. But just because Ricky got propelled just that little bit above him because of the Silver Series, then we do need to give it that little bit more credit. Well, one thing that's interesting that I saw today, actually, I don't remember when the Pro Tour announced, I think they announced at the beginning of the year, we just all forgot about it, is they're going to have fan and media voted players of the year on the mm -hmm. Pro Tour, which I think that'll be a more true player Heck of the yeah. year than the PDGA, where if you play a bunch of A-tiers and stuff like that, you, know you, can, you can skew it. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what that result ends up being, what the, the players and the fans think the player of the year is or what the fans and the media think the player of the year is, I, I think that re that award will hold a lot more weight than the PDGA mm -hmm. player of the year. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's a good point that the Silver Series factor into the uh, Pro Tour points, and if the Pro Tour points was all that mattered for player of the year, then I agree, like, you, Silver Series are crucial because you can get 25 mm -hmm. points playing an A-tier field, like nothing. But I, I do think that in this case, those three, Paul, Ricky, Eagle, were all, like head and shoulders above the field and when you go head to head no matter how you slice it it goes to rick yeah um uh, yeah other than that that's pretty much it awesome thanks for calling in brother. appreciate it um, one super quick thing before i go and i just want to touch on the grip stuff that you guys were talking about last time yeah um i was i used to be a baseball player and obviously baseball players you know we use pine tar on our wooden bats whenever we go yep one thing, obviously, I like Hunter keeps saying, I don't think it really provides a competitive advantage in terms of like distance and whatever like that. But I feel like one thing you do have to consider it to take into consideration is build up on the disc. Because if you mm. think of rubbing pine tar over and over and over again yeah. on a bat, what it would tends happen? to build up. And I feel like 
it would lead to more illegal discs. Yeah, that would make the disc illegal. That would, yeah, actually, so, that would actually probably be like, worse because your disc would slowly change how it flies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So personally, the like the grip, I don't think is like that big of an issue in terms of like competitive advantage. But I do think you have to look at the buildup over time, just at like sticking, sticking, growing, growing. And then obviously one part of your disc is going to be heavier on one side and it's going to be obviously, yes, flying completely different. So I think that's one thing that needs to get taken into consideration if you talk about all that grip stuff no yeah that's a, that's a good point that's definitely something that like the pdj kind of mm-hmm. already has banned to where that might be a sneaky way around being like hey you're adding a substance to your disc yeah. that makes it illegal <laughs> yep thanks for calling in all right love the show man appreciate, uh, appreciate it, it. Have, a- have a good one um all right so the con the i'm question- gonna grab my water yeah the question that was posed earlier that we ended up missing a little bit was uh, with the leave of absence of Brian Earhart from the elite team on Discraft, who do you see filling that role? F- filling filling in that, not role, well, filling my first in that question, spot. My first question, is there a limited amount of spots? You might not know or you might not be able to answer. I don't know. Yeah. Like, is I there don't... like X amount of elite team spots to where like one I, out, one in? I do not know. I'm not sure. It, it it doesn't seem like it would be an Augusta situation where it's like we have 200 members. Because and... I think I think Corey Ellis is getting very close to deserving a spot if he doesn't already. There's a lot of people. I think you are already you you should be. I don't know the qualifications, but I feel like it's hard to deny. Think, you were like top I, 30, right? I think when my, you're playing, yeah, I think that's tough to ignore. Yeah, I think w- the qualifications for at least the points because i think they do like some sort of algorithm points thing i think most people kind of do it that way where they just have like a they make it so that there is a way for you can like can track it right yeah um yeah because i know Corey ellis like a year or two ago was tracking it and he was like yeah i was only x amount away from being able to be on that elite team yeah. i think he played better this year so Corey ellis has to be close and that's what i'm saying is it's it's tough to know exactly but I think that didn't they just sign? Yeah, Ben Callaway is another one. Like he's got to be close. Oh yeah, he that's what I'm saying. Is it, I really don't, I don't finishes. really know if it can be one out, one in. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm not sure, but it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens. So, all right, we got another call. Hello, uh, hello. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Oh, um, we're good. So I got two things for you guys. Let's hear it. Um, so first, Reese's is the goat Halloween candy. Hey, um, all right. Yeah, the Snickers is good, but there's just too much going on in it for it to be the goat. Peanut, you know, Reese's and peanut butter is always just delicious. Reese's is a good second. I get what you were saying about the consistency between the two sizes, but yep. yeah. Um, and so my other thing is I think that we should have some sort of, uh, I guess, standard for uh, all Elite Series tournaments. So there should be, have to have certain kinds of tee pads have to have all this checked, um, have to have, you know, specific baskets and you just, there needs to be a standard across the board because there's just too much inconsistency on tour. Yeah. I think there's certain things that obviously we have definitely, uh, you know, spoken about and, and talked about like things that we would love to see. I think, you know, having it, having some sort of, having a company come up and say, Hey, we want to sponsor the tour and we want you guys to use our baskets at every tour event. Like, I think that is something that would not only be awesome to have a consistent basket throughout the year, 
but also another way for you know to have a a, gi- a gigantic sponsor um and then yeah things like you're talking about too like the tea pads and stuff i i don't think i necessarily want to like have a shape of like hey every tea pad needs to be this hexagon or this you know rectangle or whatever it is but I definitely think there mm. should be cer- certain things with the T-pad of where like the width of the T-pad needs to be a minimum of this and the length of the T-pad needs to be a minimum of this and maybe even something on there too of where like there can't be a drop off because I like got Worlds, one of the T-pads, there was like a legitimate drop, like you were in a tree house and there was like, you know, a net in front of the T-pad yeah. in case <laughs> you ba- basically fell off of it. So I think there's like certain certain things of where it's like the T-pad, like, that should be the one spot when you're on the disc golf course as a player that you're not concerned with your safety. And I think obviously from watching tons of coverage, I feel like we all can agree that there has been, there has been many tournaments where that isn't the case and that should be something that um, should never happen. So yeah, I agree with you. I think there definitely needs to be uh, a handful of things that can change, but like, like you said, like the tee pads thing, if we just even want to talk about that, that is a pretty large change for a lot of courses to yeah. go in and put tee pads in, not just time-wise, but also money-wise. So it's 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 one of those weird situations of where it's like, yes, we want this, we want this, we want this, but can we get it right now? I don't know if we can. Yeah, well, the PDGA has had tour standards in place for a long time, but they've been kind of minuscule, I guess is maybe the right word, maybe not minimal. Mm-hmm. Minimal is the word I'm looking for. Um, but with the national tour disappearing and the pro tour being the official tour, uh, they have come out and said that like the pro tour is going to be able to work with the PDGA to create their own rules and standards and stuff like that. To where I think the pro tour would be people who the people who'd be more active on making sure things like that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, disc checks, I think it's uh, it's basically impossible it for has every to be disc. random. It I just, think what it should has happen to be like a drug test. I think it should be random, so it can happen at any point to any mm-hmm. player, and mm-hmm. every winner their bag should be checked. So you if you win a pro too. tour event, their bag, every disc in their bag is checked. And so then if they do have an illegal disc and then someone else wins, then that person's bag gets checked. Yeah. And it kind of goes down the line. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. I think that, that should happen yeah. so that like players entering the event basically now know it can happen to me at any time. And if I win this event, yeah. that way there's no intentional cheating. I don't think there is any right now. I think there might be a lot of unintentional mm-hmm. cheating just from manufacturers mm-hmm. sending out discs and the weight changing based on humidity and random stuff that happens. And then like I 180 think, gram destroyer is just out there and you don't know, you think it's a 174 and it's just like, Oh mm-hmm. crap. I, I didn't think, know illegal. I think that would also be very interesting to see because right now you have a lot of players that are throwing discs that they didn't get from the manufacturer, right? They got them, from someone else or they found them somewhere and they fell in love with it. And you have a lot of people that are just kind of slowly uh, incorporating discs into their bag where I think if this happened and you got dinged at one tournament, I think what that would do is it would put a lot of pressure on the manufacturers to send their players discs that were legal. But then it also would now Mm -hmm. change it up to where players would be pretty much just playing with discs specifically from their manufacturer because they don't want to risk well the like, tough part is like if i switch let's say i'm unsponsored right now i switch yeah. next year to discraft and i'm like mm. i really need is this. it just the weight is that really the big one is that's the, the big weight? illegal one stiffness is another one because stiffness is how an do you judge one. that uh there's uh i forget there's a flexibility test that when x amount of weight is pushed down on a disc it has to flex a can you ju- can is there an easy way of you testing that yourself no 
that's on the manufacturer. But see, but, I think but that's a it does that's, that, that's something that can't change. Once you get a disc as a person, you can't change the flexibility. It can be as flexible as you want. It can't be too stiff. So a disc isn't gonna magically stiffen. No, I know, but how so, do I know if a disc is too stiff or not when I get it? When you get it, it's not on you, it's on the manufacturer. I, well, it is on me if I play with it and I get a stroke penalty. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's but tough. if you're a sponsored player, but if I'm not, you should be like, player. hey, what the heck? But if I'm not a sponsored player, then that one's tough. That that's why I think regardless, it's like you can't, manufacturers, you, everyone can weigh their disc. It like, could also be random in the sense of like the PDGA can show up to your manufacturing plant at any point and make sure the discs you're producing are up to snuff. Yeah, I don't know. Because basically, what could happen is yeah, if I, I let's say I send in a my disc matches. Let's go a Luna. <laughs> I send in a Luna. I, that was the first that came to my mind. There's no reason for me saying this. I send in a Luna to the PDGA, and it's tested. It's approved. <laughs> they send it back to me, and I now make it in the stiffest plastic I possibly can. Yeah. It's never tested again. So I can mm-hmm. ship them out. Actually, I think the Proto Lunas were too stiff, but they were never tested again. So the Proto yeah, Lunas was- come out, and they're like stiff as literal wood. Like wood might flex more than a Luna, those Proto Lunas. <laughs> to where like yeah. they were probably illegal discs, but the PDGA doesn't recheck it. Yeah. So once the Luna's approved, it's a PDGA approved disc, it's set, it's golden. The only thing they check is weight. So I think that should be something well, else that like, could happen. Yeah, because like with the slight retool that Discmania did on the the new uh Razor Claw two that are coming out, like you can't really retool something and not have it reapproved, but they definitely did not go back through the approval process, I don't think. Maybe they did. But um and then, like, yeah. they were saying they tweaked to the MD3s and the P2s a little bit after the prototypes came out. But, like, what kind of tweaking is that? You know, is that something that's still falling within those specifications? Or is it now a different disc that should have been reapproved? Yeah. Yeah, it's you definitely bring up an interesting topic. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, like I said, I think the big one with, like, getting the requirements and stuff for tournaments in the future, I think it just literally, it's just a money thing. When the money is there, yeah. I think it'll be real easy to do it. When the money's not there, it's gonna be real tough to get people to pay for for that stuff. So Yeah. And that's why I think it should only be on Elite series initially at least. Yes. You know, it makes it a little bit easier. Have, like pro tour tour cards and all that. But yeah, I see what you're saying. For sure. So thanks for calling Appreciate in, brother. Yep. All right. We got a couple super uh, quick. This one couple donos. Couple Someone donos. Said, does your rule kill docs in three dollar dono? Does your rule kill the demand for max weight disc? The rule I'm talking about is already a rule. Like it's already. I'm not talking. I'm talking about enforcing a rule that already exists. I'm not making up a rule. Why would that kill the demand for max weight discs? Because the demand for max weight discs oh. is because like you might get a 185. Or are, I don't know. Are they ner- yeah, but nervous to getting a, a 180 rock is still legal and is still a 180 rock. But you can also. That's my thing. You can also. Everyone can like weigh their discs. Yeah, I was gonna it's say just hard. go out and buy a scale. Yeah, you can buy a scale on Amazon for ten dollars and make sure if you really care if about you're that if concerned. You, well, like you should be concerned if you're playing in tournaments that matter, right? right. Like if you're an amateur, who cares? Yeah, like you can use the old man chipper in a golf tournament if you really want. Who cares? But um, yeah, if you really are concerned with it, just buy a scale for ten bucks and weigh it. And then we got another one from Justin Smith, Bogey Bros. When will you come play Quakers Challenge? And which is harder, Brody, BG or DG? Ball golf or disc? Uh, Quakers Challenge. We're actually we that is one of them on our. We don't have it. Where on is that? Official, it's a York, PA. I could have just kept reading and said Central Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, but no. that's where Trevor's home courses are. That is that, something we want to go gosh. back and we're going to do two bogey road I kinda battles. Need, I kind of need to be there on for Trevor's that. home courses. Um, whether that's the one we finish this year out with, or if Richmond, Virginia is the one we finish this year out with, we're not positive yet. We're doing one more this year, and then the next one's going to start 
our 2022 Bogey Bro battles. I want to so, be coming. there. For we're the, coming. I want to be there for his... Uh, I'm excited for Trevor's homecoming. Like, will he get a key to the city? <laughs> no. Will he get a, a, a newspaper article written about him? Like no. A little, I, like a little headline. Did you listen to this? Trevor, week? back. I've got I've to ask this question. Because this this goes right in with the ball golf disc golf. Did you listen to this week's part of my take? The I'm letting, Monday, I'm Monday letting you slide with what you just said. The ball golf disc golf. It's because it's, they I'm, said BG or DG. I'm letting it slide. It's because they asked it. Just and it'll some, make sense when I say what I'm about to say. Did no, you Did you I listen to it? No, okay. No, no, no. In it, they're talking about... What were they talking about? The analogy they were using was basically... Uh, they were saying, oh, punter. So someone's mm-hmm. kicker got hurt. Their punter came in, okay. kicked off the, the like actual kickoff after a touchdown. Yeah. It went 30 yards straight OB, and they didn't kick... It was the Steelers. They didn't kick again the rest of the game at all. And they were saying, like, a kicker, you should be able to kick. And then they go, yeah, for instance, if you're a golfer, then they go, no, 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 let's let's go this way. If if you're, they they go, if you're a ball golfer, they switched it and they said ball golfer. They said, if you're a ball golfer, he, he goes. Who said that? Uh, Big Cat? PFT. That's monumental. He goes, I'm pretty sure it's PFT. He goes, if you're a ball golfer, he's like, and then you switch to real golf, you should be able to know how to throw it in the fairway. So he was calling disc golf real golf. Yeah, see, golf. he's doing. He he knows. Yeah. He knows. That's why I he know. was doing that. <laughs> but it made because at first they said frisbee golf. He goes, no, 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 no. If you're playing ball golf <laughs> and then you switch to golf, you should be able to know how to throw it in the middle of the fairway. He's and know he's, what a fairway is. He's in on it. He's in on it. That's I, but just, I do I love just, that. I just loved that the ball golf disc golf has made it to part of my take. The biggest sports podcast in the world. I love it. That's ball golf awesome. disc golf. That's all. You guys did that in the chat. We've done. Everyone it. listening, you guys did. You That's guys you. Did it. You reached them. Unbelievable. I thought that was funny. I was listening and I had to like replay it because I was like, did I just hear them say ball golf? Am I listening to Grip Locked? <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was a funny moment. Anyways, ball golf, disc golf, golf, disc golf. Which one's harder, Brody? I'm not answering that. That my if if someone wants to call in and debate me, I would Hugh, love to hear Hugh. You're, <laughs> you've been banned from the chat, but you're not banned from the phone line. I would Feel love to, to hear someone's reasoning why disc golf is harder but i don't i don't have to I, golf is way harder man dude there's so much more angles in disc golf dude all right we got a yeah, caller. Right, caller i'll watch it be hugh <laughs> hello 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 what's good you're on as clayton from uh peoria illinois area peoria what's good man uh, not much. Um, first thing, not really my topic, but you guys were talking about uh, overtimes a couple weeks ago. Did you yeah. happen to watch that Illinois-Penn State nine overtime game? I saw it on the uh, GameCast, and I did not – it made me have to double-check what the new rule was because I, I don't – I think they changed it a couple years ago at first, but like – because it, it was funny too. Someone said um, – this was actually on another podcast. They were talking about like – how going into next game, they're like, you have to take into account, like they just had a nine overtime game. And I, and I was like, I was thinking in my head. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's like six plays. Like it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like they went like into like 30 minutes of extra. Yeah. Basketball what was, was the like, Syracuse game back in the like, day. That's five minutes, Madness. five minutes, five ma- minutes. It didn't go to like, it was going to like 2 a.m. Yeah. So it was like, like 13 overtimes, I think, but like nine overtimes, nine overtimes in college football is like, yeah, you had to do 15 extra offensive plays. But no, I did not see it, but I did look at it and I I could not believe my eyes. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. It's uh the first 3 times they start from the 25. 
Mm-hmm. And then, then they just start from the uh, like two, two and a half yard yeah, line. Yeah, they just go two point conversion, one play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was pretty exciting. I'm an Illinois fan, so uh, oh, that's really really exciting for you then. <laughs> but uh, no, I wanted to talk about. Uh, I think you guys talked about it a couple uh, podcasts ago about uh, making uh, putting harder, mm-hmm. and I think you guys weren't a fan of baskets being close to like tree lines like you wanted a circle um basically pretty open um i i just think the one thing that um and i know a lot of people hate comparing golf to disc golf but the one thing about golf is is you can hit a golf shot you know 10 feet from the hole but you have a downhole downhill you know two foot two three foot bender and you can't i mean it's a, you have it's to be super defensive putts. yeah you have to be super defensive yeah. on that putt you can't be aggressive exactly and so golfers know that and you know a lot of times they'll play to the center of the green or because it's in you know a 30 foot uphill putt mm-hmm. rather than you know a 10 foot downhill putt or whatever um or you know they know which where to hit the ball um to have a more aggressive putt and I think one thing about disc golfers, they get so mad of not having this, you know, 30 foot ring all the way around, but there's usually, you know, at least one side of the basket that is wide open that, you know, your approach has to involve that where yeah. that's one thing about golf is, is, you know, you have to know where to hit that, you know, ball. And, um, and I and uh, I forget his name. Uh, the 2018 World Champ, um, Barsby. Greg Barsby. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I seen his interview going into 19 um, when it was at uh, Northwoods Gold. He thought the uh, greens were not fair because you could be 20 feet from the hole and you wouldn't have a putt. But there's, I you know, I've played that course uh, many times, and there's always at least one side of the green that is that is wide open and i think that there needs to be more of that in golf whether or not it's you know water close i know a lot of people hate water real close to a to a uh basket but there's also the other side of the basket where you can play safe to and i think um that i just that's one thing i i'm not a big fan of making baskets smaller um i just i think we need to make there be a sp- uh, specific spot you need to hit on the green yeah. rather than not, not every time, but I think that's one way of making putting a little harder. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think though the, the issue, and this might be kind of what Hunter was talking about though, is there are like flukiness on some greens. Like uh, what you're saying is I agree. Like you shouldn't just feel like if you throw it with inside of 33 feet, 360 degrees around the basket that you're just going to have a wide open pipe. But if you are going to have trees or some sort of element of kind of making it to where, if you throw it on that side of the basket, that you're going to have a more difficult putt. If you're going to do that, then you definitely have to make sure that the other side, there's no flukiness of where one disc lands there and has a perfect putt. And then another disc lands there and there's a tree in the middle, right? So I think that's the issue with some of these courses of where there will be like one tree or one something on one side of the basket 
And if your disc lands just perfectly, because again, no one is really, especially with discs like golf, they can really do a good job of controlling the spin on the ball and having it land and not do anything too funky disc golf. You're at the mercy of like the ground. And so if you, your disc hits a root or doesn't hit a root or hits a tall patch of grass or, I mean, cause the, the, you know, when you get up next to the green, looking at it, it's not like a golf course where it's like, oh, wow, this whole area is all the same. Like, sure, the slopes are a little bit different, but the actual grass is cut the same, right? You're not going to get any weird bounces or kicks. Disc golf, that's not the case. So I think just taking out the flukiness of like having that one tree or some sort of issue of one thing being over there and you're like, oh my gosh, like I got stuck behind this is unbelievable. I think that's where... Uh, I don't know. That's probably what you're going at is just like take out the luck factor. You throw a good shot, you should be rewarded. Well, yeah. I just think, uh, I yeah, exactly. Because my my thing is like I don't mind trees on inside thirty feet. I just hate the situations where there is legitimately no putt inside thirty feet, like no putt at all. Like I don't like someone being fifteen feet from the basket, and whether it be a bad luck or whatever, they can't putt. I don't mind fifteen feet on the right side being a harder putt where you have to like straddle out and maybe throw an Annie flatten in. You have to strategize it. Do you like OB 15 feet away from the basket? I'm not a huge fan of it, but I, cause I, that would be the in same certain kind of, scenarios. I am okay with cause it. Cause that would be the same kind of, it idea. depends a lot on the whole. Yeah, for sure. I just don't, I don't like the visuals or even playing, but of I'm 10, 15 feet from the basket to where I didn't throw an awful shot. The way I view it is I almost just like, I have no putt. The way I view it is almost like a basket in a cove right mm-hmm. and so like you're throwing like a good example is see, whole, a, cove, I'm okay with. a good example like is that. whole four at usdgc i believe one four. two three four yeah whole four yeah. at usdc that's but a, that that whole circle is pretty open yeah but that's that's my to me like that's a good hole of where if you don't land in this one little area like if you go too long or too short you're gonna have a really really hard putt but now imagine if the wood line was like the basket the whole wood line is way closer on the back end i mean it's it's definitely not a circle it's definitely not a circle but it's like it's 15 it's a decent it's probably 15 20 and the wideness out some like the width on the outside is the circle and then it goes into like 15 on the back but yeah regardless i I guess yeah i Uh, think because my point is if you want to go back to the golf idea right of like you're uphill putting downhill yeah but you still have a chance at making it you do, but if you do try to make it, it's a very it, risky. Yeah, because like you, you might roll do off try the green, to miss, make it and miss it. Yeah, but you have a chance. It's very. What small. I'm saying is, imagine being in that position, and you have like for some reason there's just stuff all around it where you don't have even a chance. You can't like yeah. you don't even have well, a decision of you're not you're late in the game. I see what you're saying, but you gotta 16, you gotta look at the percentages too. Like well, the whole percentage. sixteen, you hit the green, you're on the green. Yeah, you hit the bad side of the green. It wasn't a great shot. But you're down one. You're gonna run that putt in golf. Now imagine hole 16 in disc golf. You hit the green. Yeah, it was a bad shot. You're on the bad side of the green. But now you're in a thorn bush. You have no shot at all. Well, I hate thorn bushes. You know that. Yeah. So now you have no shot at all. You can't. You can't even decide to run the putt. I don't mind. Like you're on the bad side of the green. You got some trees to deal with. The only thing about that's like, all I don't like. The only thing that is weird is like when you have like a downhill putt. It's like people are trying to get that putt in two, right? They're they're if I make it, it was a mistake. I'm really just trying to get something close to make the next one mm-hmm. and they mess up. When you put me in a thorn bush and I have no putt at making it, I still can probably just like toss something out and make the next putt. But it's putting really disc golf's different. That 
I know. That's why I think you have to be okay with you threw a bad upshot. You basically just you just lost a stroke that way. I think you should still have a shot at the stroke. So we'll see. But thanks for calling in. That was a good topic. I always love that. Yeah, one last little small thing. Um, the majors in golf, I, I think, are so fun because each major has their own thing to them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, uh, Augusta. Except you know, for the PGA. They're usually still trying to really it. hard greens. Um, uh, U.S. Open has really thick rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I British Open was it usually windy and Bad stuff weather. like that. Yep. Uh, and but yeah, I, I just think it'd be cool if our majors had you know they can uh, they could switch uh, venues, but they all maybe always stuck with like this major's known for this or this major's known for that. Uh, USDGC is the only one cool. that has that right now. Yeah, What's that? essentially. USDGC is the only one that has something like that, and I don't even know. Right, right. I would even. I think the only thing you really say is they're known for hole seventeen. I don't even think it's right. safe to say. And the ropes. Yeah, but I don't even think it's safe to say like they're known for like having the hardest course because people still shred out there. People it's, are it's still suing double U- digits. USCGC is known for ropes. Like yeah. when you see USCGC, you're in your head, you're picturing rope, like OB everywhere. Yeah, but it's OB. To where like you could yeah. take USCGC and keep the essence of it on a different property if it was just like tons of ob everywhere if you took uscgc but and that's, put it in the woods but that's like kind of what the pro tour is turning into like they pretty much just put ob everywhere because that's the only way of getting scoring separation at some of these courses but it's just uscgc uh, is just different man i just it. think it'd be cool if we had a major that was known for woods and then known uh, a major that was known for you know open golf and a major and then you know, we could have like, you know, you were talking about uh, Nadal the other day always wins on clay. clay yep. um, we'd have those people that like dominate on one. And it, I don't know. I just thought it'd be cool. No, I do I, like the idea of like the woods major, the open major. Tough part is one is called the world championship. So like that can't always be a woods major because then like you're never going to have an open player. Yeah, well, well world, yeah. World's, world's that's, the that's a whole thing. Yeah. That's something completely different. So, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling in. Have a wonderful night. Yep. Yeah, you do. Take care. All right, a couple more calls. A couple more calls. Let's keep them going. Let's keep them going. Let's keep them going. I'm, dude, chat's going off tonight. Yeah, if you yeah. guys can catch this, I know like the World Series is on. It's like some people, I mean, are you upset that you're not watching the World Series? I am not a baseball guy. I'm not either. Silas? No, nah, I'm not a baseball guy. Okay, yeah. We're I mean, I hope the Braves win. Why? Just because my granddad and my great granddad, and then because of them too, my dad was like a Braves fan. It's gotten less and less. Is your Braves dad fan. watching? No. Oh, he doesn't care. But like my dad, if you ask my dad, like, who's your baseball team? He would say Braves. You know what I mean? It's like that, like that type of rooting. We had a kid come to, to our, our house. Like, our whole family's like Braves fans, but none of us really are Braves fans. We had a kid come to our house in a full Braves uniform Heck and i was yeah. like oh sweet and then like oh someone said braves did win 45 they didn't the game's not over there's no way there's no oh, way. they are winning at the moment oh, oh he retracted he just deleted <laughs> uh, like 45 minutes after he left our house grand slam and i was like oh my god this kid's probably going nuts right now and they end up losing yeah they went up four nothing off a of grand slam and then end up losing my gosh we got a call here silas we do not. Oh, nice. Okay. I also sweet. love we just keep talking. part of my take on Monday. Also thought this was hilarious. We're talking about the World Series. They just like, they're like, you know what? Why don't we just go ahead and shoot our Wednesday intro? They're like, welcome to Wednesday. The Braves are your World Series champion. Like just for five oh. minutes, just acted like the Bra- Braves just won tonight. 
I think some and people, shows... people are getting mad. Like you're going to jinx them. And they're like, no, it's Atlanta sports. Like saying they're going to win. Like you can't jinx Atlanta sports. There's no way to jinx it. They're All already right, jinxed enough. Oh yeah. I mean, talk about the Falcons loss. That can, that can get some tears. Hello. Hello. Can you hear us? I can hear the static. Julius Caesar. Dang, that was Hugh. I could feel it. Was that my first Julius Caesar official? Wow. See, we almost look, got we almost got Julius 27 Caesar. Twenty seven to three. That's what people are nervous about. We almost got Julius Caesar at uh Oh my gosh. At the Benjamins, the restaurant we went to the other night. Gosh, I was in a straight stare off. <laughs> yeah, it was the also, owner's wife. We didn't sh- even know. Should it be called uh Mama Sue's. I feel like I would go to that place. I would go to Mama more. Sue's more than Benjamin's. Right? Isn't Mama Sue's a much better restaurant? Well, it name depends than on what Benjamin's? you're serving. I feel like the food they serve suits a Benjamin's. Mama Sue's, I would want more like heavy country home, food, like home, like cooked, biscuits and food. gravy. Maybe that's what they do for breakfast, though. Their breakfast Maybe. does pop off in the morning. Chicken, we might have to try chicken them. And dumplings. Wait, are they open for breakfast? Yes. We might have to so. try them for breakfast. Mama Sue's, baby. Got to go for the dessert, Mama Sue's. Yeah, we got to go back. We got to right, try Mama go. Sue's dessert. We got someone? Hello, hello? Is this the same caller? Are we getting pranked right now, Silas? Are you pranking us? With Silas, these... are you sure this is working? Are you pranking us there with these no fake pranks. callers? Silas, stop pranking us. Oh, my gosh. So I was going to be like, we have a caller. And it's going to be like, do, 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 do. Just rickroll us. Do, 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 do. I don't know what that means. You don't know what rickrolling is? No. What's How that? old are you, Silas? Wait, 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 wait. How old do you think I am? Have you, have you heard this song before? Did you just turn 20? Yeah. You just turned 20. Wait, have you heard the rickroll song? No. I mean, if he doesn't know what rickrolling is, he's probably never heard the All right. Song. So rickrolling, Silas, I'll give you a little... Uh, rundown of what happened. So right. back in the day, it's like you're like I'm like, dude, have you seen this video? And you're like, no, I haven't. What the heck? And I'm like, dude, this was the craziest thing happens in this video. And you're like, really? I'm like, yeah. And then I send you the YouTube video, but I have it time stamped to where it starts at a specific part in the video. Yeah. And it's the song that goes, "Never want to give you up, never uh, want to take you oh, down, I know never want to turn around." Oh, my friend Rick rolled Get me. Rick rolled. So there was like this thing back in there you could download like a, it was it wasn't a virus. Silas is not twelve. It wasn't a virus, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But it was. It might as well have been a virus. To where when they sent you the link, it basically was just a um, what's the thing called a? Is it a macro that that just makes it op, uh, uh, on a computer? It makes oh, the thing just, happen over and over. Oh, and over just and over. opens all the windows. Yeah. It opens. So like, it, oh it, my gosh! You I clicked remember on that. it and it just started opening flooded. an infinite like you amount. Just won solitaire. Yeah, and like all the cards, it are just, just opened an infinite amount of Rick Ashley never going to give you up on my computer, and it just like you. The only way to do it is you had to shut your whole computer down and restart it. Oh, that's awesome! That was it. How many views does that video have? Because I bet it has to be so much. That's what we should do. We should somehow make a Rick video so bad. No, we need to make a video so bad. It has one billion views. One. What do, you think the most, what do you think the most viewed video is on YouTube? I know what it is. What is it? What is it? Isn't it Off Baby? Off the top of your head, do you know? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not Baby by Justin Bieber? No. Oh, is it, is it Oakum Gum style? Nope. No way. Oh, no, no, no. It's the toy. It's a toy video. I don't know. 
This baby's got 2.6 bill. There's one with almost seven bill. Uh, I believe it's Baby Shark. Viewed. Oh, Baby Shark is either one or two That's on the list. There. Yeah, Baby oh, Shark. Okay. 9.5 9. billion. Oh, Dude, Despacito though, 7.6. You know, you know why fun. Baby Shark is? I have two nieces. Yeah, because they play it they all the time. They never listen to it once. If you start a Baby Shark dance night, it's a Baby Shark dance night. They're playing it 35 times each each night. Dude, right. a lot. Here we need we to start coming up with kids' songs. What bath song at four point six mil? That's why kids' YouTube channels they listen are to killing the same it. thing. Over because and all over they, they Johnny Johnny Yes Papa. Yeah, I have five point eight mil billion. Johnny, Johnny, These are Bill. Yes, Papa. These are Bill with the B. Yeah, Masha and the Bear. It's because my my niece just will get on Coco Melon and just watch the same Coco Melon episode fifty times in a day because they don't. They're just watching it. They're wow. just watching something in front of them. Dude, sorry is actually higher than baby. We what need to start heck? a we need to start a kids channel. Do we have a caller? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Oh, we're getting Silas. I'm calling we're this get, tech issues. We're getting pumped. that's three in a row. I'm calling tech issues. Is lean, it out. Wait, what's lean on by major? You want me lady? to call in? You want to test it? See what's happening. Hey, dark horse is number twenty. I, I would like like I feel Katie like I'm Perry. good for yeah three point one seven bill. I feel like I'm good for a thousand of those views. You're welcome, Katie. Wheels on the bus. Okay. Another kid song. Phonic song with two words. Learning. I'm gonna try colors. calling in. I'm gonna see what it's like calling into our show. Yeah, we're not available right now. Yeah. Baby shark do 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 do. Baby shark do 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 do. Baby shark do 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 do. I think Baby our call shark. line's just completely out. Daddy, the second shark, one just do, said do, we're unable do, to complete do, your call. Do, shaddy, dark, 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 what you say, Shaddy Dark? All right, we're, the call line's down. Uh, we'll we'll just take some questions then. From so the put chat. A, put a question in the chat. I am now getting called back. Silas, are you calling that? me back right now? <laughs> Silence with the control. Oh. Dude, Baby Shark is actually a fire song. Someone definitely has made a remix to Baby Shark. Hello. Hello, I'm on. Oh, you're on. Heck yeah, Silas. Let's is go. It, me? it is you. you. It is I. <laughs> hey, what's what's Caleb good? From Roanoke, Virginia. How are you guys doing? Oh, very close. Very nice. Yeah, not very far. Hey, so I've been wondering this for a while. Um, this could maybe be a debate between you guys. Um, if every manufacturer to put were to put together like a double seam, um, who do you think would win? Is wait, first off, you said this is Caleb from Roanoke? Yeah. Is this Lil Boozy? It is. Oh, it's Lil Boozy. Lil Boozy got in. What up, brother? Yeah, we did just see your wife at the Liberty game. Yeah, Heck yeah. yeah. Oh, I, very uh, cool. You guys are you guys were sitting in near a section. I was like, look to your left and see if Brody's there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um yeah. all right. What manufacturer would win doubles? Okay, so yeah. obviously I think you gotta start with uh i i think the easiest way of doing it is just going fpo right so you go page and paul right that's yeah. wait wait we want mixed doubles yeah that's i what, don't right? know is that that's what i'm what? assuming you're saying right well do mpo first mixed doubles is discraft oh. all day there's no way around it yeah 100%. who does who does who's kristen latitude no nope. oh yeah that, emerson that drops yeah okay what about cat prodigy with kevin jones you got Paige and Paul. They're yeah. winning every day. Okay, yeah. MPO. Yeah. 
FBI. No, Innova, Innova, uh, Ricky. I think Ricky and Evelina. That would be good. Ricky, Ricky Evelina, Evelina Paige Ball would be a good matchup. I still you think can't Paige say better. every day. I can't, I can't, you can't say, say every day, day now. I do think Paige and Paul take are your winning, mouth, take your words out of your mouth. Most I can't days. say every day. Most I can't. Days. Say, I don't even know words. if I'd say most days. I think it'd be fifty-one forty-nine. Yeah, take your words. Oh, Dickerson, Dickerson and Katrina Allen. I still. I think Evelina Ricky versus Paige. on a woods course. Dickerson, well, Katrina Allen, New London. Stipulations. There's so many stipulations. I hate. Stipulations. I hate when something starts and then Brody just starts throwing <laughs> these like super well, strenuous. I'm trying to get everyone on my side. That's what you gotta do. You gotta okay, throw out okay. stipulations. MPO. Um, Discraft's tough. Who's who would you say is Discraft's second best player? It has to be Adam. Adam Hammond. So we have yeah. Paul and Adam. Yeah. Innova. We've got Ricky. Calvin. Calvin. Oh, that's a tough that's team a, to beat. That's a tough team. But you do have Kevin Jones, Chris Dickerson, Prodigy. Another good team. You do like Kyle Klein and Eagle. Kyle Klein and Eagle. That's a really Kyle tough Klein team. and Eagle. You, you could also go Simon Eagle. Yeah, they might win just because of chemistry. Simon Eagle right. chemistry. Chemistry in doubles is a lot more than people think. It, it must be because I think it's nothing. Yeah, I bet. I, I bet Trevor <laughs> and I could beat you and a partner in doubles. Who, our chemistry who can I pick? Group. Who can I pick? Who do you want to pick? Okay, I'll pick Paul. All right, set it up. Time and date me. You think you're beating them? Send me a time and date. He's not, he's not beating us. Time and date. Send it to me. I mean, I'll take. I'll. I mean, I literally could take like another like top fifty player in the world, and we'd beat you guys every time. Time and date. <laughs> we'll show up. You also have to remember, Trevor has to putt. No, we're playing doubles. Best shot. Best okay. shot doubles. Yeah. Trevor Trevor in doubles is a filthy putter because he puts first. Trevor is very good at doubles. And he has no pressure behind him and he doesn't miss. He is very good at put doesn't miss. That's another doesn't miss. <laughs> he doesn't miss. He puts Paul is terrified to play Trevor in Time doubles. And place, Someone man. said Gannon Burr and, and Silas. I think that's a good oh, Gannon okay. Burr and Silas. Let's go, Gannon. Are you ready to play a five hour round, Silas? That's the real question. Man, you gotta dude, make sure you have a lot. Shots lot-up. fired. Well, it's not shots fired. We just and Silas. Sure. Yeah, Silas, yeah. Have you played New London with Silas? It's a five-hour round. <laughs> That's true. Whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> okay. All right, little boozy. Going... Are you are you coming? Uh, are you coming in town for? Is he coming in town for anything? I don't think so. Oh. I mean, I don't know his schedule. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the schedule. I didn't know if we were doing. We got to do something over the over the winter break. We got to do something. We'll probably do something. We got to do like a meet. Who who do you think wins? Um. I like the I like the KJ Dickerson. KJ Dickerson. Mm. All right. Who's, if you who's catch your them, pick? if you catch them when they're hot, like if 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 Kevin's firing on all cylinders, it's a tough team. Who who's your pick? Mm. Mm. I'll probably I'll probably go. Jeez, I'll probably go with Paul and Adam just because if their putting is on, it's gonna be they're not gonna miss. Paul and Adam. Like if Adam's putting well, like I think I'm gonna go. Man, that is tough. Ricky Calvin would have to be a very specific course. And I, I was gonna say, I think Adam and Paul can compete with pretty much everyone at any type of course. I, I think I have where to I agree think with like you. Dickerson and KJ, it's gonna have to be wooded. Because if we're going Calvin and Ricky, it's gonna have to be open. Eagle and Kyle have to be open. I would almost take Eagle Kyle Klein over Ricky Calvin on an open course. Because Ricky on I mean Paul Frick. Eagle on an open course. Yeah, I mean he's OP. Yeah. yeah. So I think I have to agree with you. If we're going like we don't know the course, we have to pick our perfect people yeah. first. I think I have to go Paul I, Adam just I think because that's, the safe play. that's your safest bet. 
Yeah. So. That's true. Dang. That's a tough one, though. I like that. That's a good little, that's a little, good little mind mind. I'm going to have to ask Trevor that to get his answer on Grip Lock. Yeah, do it. All right, little boozy. Thanks for calling in, brother. Yeah, good talking to you guys. All right, man. Source LVC. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. A Las Vegas challenge. Oh. The Las Vegas challenge is, is letting us know that the Braves are going to win tonight. Oh, never, never mind. They literally said Braves are going to take it tonight. And then they said source LVC. So, all right. Uh, Sorry, so we have one more. We'll do one more call. If not, someone just called in. Hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? This is uh, Dylan from Washington State. Dylan, what's good, brother? Good. I wanted to call in and kind of revisit uh, the standstill debate and maybe talk about making disc golf harder with certain types of roughs. Okay. So I noticed that on specifically like open courses, like a ball golf course or maybe USCGC, there's a lot of uh, OB and distance to kind of make difficult like difficulty in scoring and such. Mm-hmm. Um, so my idea would be to create like a roped zone, like an OB that if you land in maybe like a par four, par five, you have to throw a mandatory standstill and you're not stroked. And I just think this would be another way of creating it like more difficulty on courses without like automatically stroking a player where you still kind of have a shot to get up and down. If you're a really good player, like Eagle, they can go like 400 foot sidearm or something. And I kind of want to know what you guys thought about that. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the only kind of weird thing with that is just obviously it, it's going to be so new of where people are going to think it's going to be really awkward. Right. And yeah. my whole thing is like, you have to eventually just, you have to get through the awkward phase. Right. I'll, I'll, Definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to another married man over here. I don't know. Are you married? Are you dating? What's your relationship status? Who? You. Hunter or me? Oh, I'm I'm just a 21 year old just loves disc golf. All right, okay. perfect. All right, he's married to the Sweet. game. Yeah. Well, let me let me kind of well then yeah. Well, I'll explain something that kind of goes on in the relationship. Okay, so at the beginning, you <laughs> you're kind of like on eggshells, right? You're always on your best behavior. You like don't want to like make any like weird things, and and then eventually you realize like I have to just like accept the awkwardness and then once you get through the <laughs> awkwardness of like each other and you realize that the, you both respect each other even though you're being awkward aka yourself then you're you're hunky-dory sports okay. sports you do that too right like you're you're going to if you're going to throw in a change and stuff it's going to be awkward like if i'm watching disc golf and i see someone just standing there not running up and throwing in a wide open field it's going to look weird and it's going to be awkward but if I see that for years after years after years, then it won't be awkward anymore. It'll just be normal. So if it's a good rule change to where it's going to make players, again, I think good rule changes are ones that increase score separation and also award good shots and uh, punish bad shots. Yep, uh, definitely. Um. I just want to say something that made me think about this besides you guys mentioning that it uh, mentioning the uh, standstills in the podcast before 
was that when I think of like in golf with the whole bunkers, like the whole point of the bunker isn't to give you an OB stroke, but it's to make your next shot a lot difficult. Mm-hmm. And like, I think disc golf just doesn't have that outside of the woods. And like, for example, when you're in the woods and you throw in the rough, you're going to ha- probably have to throw a standstill to get out of it because yep. you have no room to run up. So that's kind of what made me think about, well, like maybe the Pro Tour USDC needs to try out and see how that would work on a par four or something. Yeah. And I think too, like the one, the one cool thing about playing on golf courses is if you can play on a course that has like deep bunkers, right? So they're dug out. So when you're golfing, it makes it more difficult because you're, you can't just hit Let's say you hit into a fairway bunker, right? And you, you're 200 yards away. You would normally hit a five iron, but your five iron is going to come out at an angle that it would just going to blast straight into the hillside that is kind of built out. <laughs> that would be the same thing with disc golf of if you can build out holes or like big, again, like kind of big things. So it doesn't look super weird. It's like a little tiny hole. But if you can dig out stuff, move some dirt around to where now if you're off the fairway, you now have like almost like a five or 10 foot like hill in front of you. You're not going to be able to throw like your normal line drive kind of throw. You're going to have to throw like a big hyzer. And if it's 400 feet, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to get there than if you just had a straight shot. So I think that is another thing that could kind of be cool is incorporating what the, what you know golf does is like digging out these bunkers and making you have to make a decision of like trying to throw it just how aggressive yeah you how get. aggressive you want to try to go just right over the hillside to get it there and and I don't know it could be interesting but yeah I think I think courses definitely are going to start playing around with it uh, because I I do think at a certain point people will start wanting to see score separation and also not having like people shoot 14, 15, 13 under every single round. Yep. So, and I just think the point where disc golf kind of is failing on the open courses is there really is only the two things to make it more difficult. You know, the pushing the distance and making a bunch of OB. Yep. When, I mean, then wind comes into play. I mean, I guess they can put mozzarella sticks up. Like they're kind of throwing with that. You just got to make it to where if you're off the fairway, you know, you're punished. You have to, you have to throw a a harder next shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it would make it. So if let's say it's an 800 foot hole, someone can shank their drive like 200 feet. And then the top five player can throw a full 600 foot shot to still birdie it. Yep. And that's kind of bad. Whereas, and then, uh, like, I don't know. No, I agree. I think, I, I think that's... There's too much OB, too. I feel like there's a lot of times there's too much OB towards just kind of like, oh, you know, bad break, you're instantly getting a stroke instead of if it's a standstill, you can kind of still recover maybe a par, maybe a birdie if you have a really good skill set on that backhand-forehand combination from standstill. Yeah. No, I, I, I think if you can build in more natural stuff like that, to where you don't have to just rope everything off as OB, then I think that's going to make it more difficult. And like you said, doesn't go like the, oh man, you automatically lose a stroke, you're done. It gives you the ability to still not lose a stroke, but now it, it forces your hands of how, like Hunter was saying, how risky you want to be. So, Yeah. Yeah. No, you bring a good point, cool. dude. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, thank you guys. Hope they think about that on the pro tour in the future, maybe. Appreciate it, yeah. brother. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Take it easy. 
All right. There you have it. Wow. Jeez. One thing I would think people would be interested or I'm interested, I think people would be surprised mm. is how far pros can throw a standstill. I should we should we I've do should we do a little should we do a little video? How far do you think to. pros can do standstill? Yeah. I can we I can reach out to some people and have them throw standstill. I, I would see how far. I would bet Paul could throw pretty decent, maybe four fifty plus standstill. Paul four fifty, yeah. Okay. Do it, man. Okay, thank you. Paul can throw four fifty standstill. All right, four fifty plus. Fair enough. I think you could do it. Okay, well we should. I think you can do it. Yeah, I think you could. I think you can do it. Yeah, I think a run up. I think a run up is a comfort thing a could, lot more. Could than Could he power. do it? Are you saying like if he has fifty throws, he could do it? Or are you saying like if we gave him a disc and we're like, hey man, you're warmed up, throw the standstill. Let's say he warms up and he has five tries. And if one of them goes over four fifty, are you saying he you counting uh, that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll be generous. It's not like if he throws one four fifty one and the other four ten, that's not going to count. But if it's like four thirty, four thirty, four seventy, yeah, four sixty, I would count that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'd be generous with it. I also I, don't know I what's on the line. That. If there's a lot of money on the line, I'm being more strict. If there's just a blizzard, it's a blizzard. It has to be a blizzard. Then. I I I, I don't. Saying, I think a I mean, run I think up I, a run up is more for timing than it is for actual power generation. So if players can get their run, their I I would disagree more for timing than power generation. I would disagree. You think a run up is more for power generation than timing? Yes. What? It's way easier to time something if you're not if you have less moving parts. Mm -hmm. Because the X step and everything gets your like rhythm going to pull back. You practice more run ups. People's timing's more comfortable. How many how many standstills do you throw when you're out doing field work? Well, if I could throw the standstill just as far, I would throw standstill, but I can't. That's it's why it's harder I have to because run the up. rhythm and timing isn't there when you're standing still. No. It's harder to get going. I promise. No. Okay. Did we just fall at we were about to end this podcast. We just fall into a huge debate. No, run up run up will give you like go from four hundred to maybe five hundred. Sure. Yeah, that's an insane amount of extra power. A hundred feet. You got your first four hundred standstill. You just do four hundred twenty five percent increase in power. Yeah, but I think that's more because of your timing than it is because it gave you power with momentum. Oh, no. How fast do you run up? Oh, no. How fast do you run up? What? How fast do you think your body's moving and your physical body's moving when you run up? What is your speed? But Not, not the speed, the disc. Yeah, miles an hour that your body's running up when you're, when you're running up. I have no idea. It can't be more than, I'll what, two, five? Speed gun it. Six? Something like that, yeah. I just, there. I just feel like... So how is that? Like if you like, look... Okay, so look at... Uh, like if you look at like a baseball pitcher, mm -hmm. right? Why they, don't they run up? Well, okay, hold on. I don't think they're allowed to. But the second thing if is... If they ran up, could they throw it faster? Hold on. Yes. And, yeah, what the heck? Yes. So then do people in the outfield throw faster than pitchers? Yes. Do they? When they crow hop? I don't know. When do they, they crow hop? That'd if you can throw up into and throw a baseball, you can throw way harder. What? Is, it, is no uh, one? Is that's a, like I was legitimately asking a question. Like, is someone crow hopping throwing one? Am I? Am I? Am I just falling asleep right now? No, I'm asking a legit question. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Like, is someone? If crow you hopping, crow hop, you can definitely throw way harder. I know you can throw farther, but like, how much faster? 
oh, probably like 10 or 15 miles per hour. Okay, but that's what I'm saying is the ratio of how much farther you're throwing versus standstill, like ratio of power to timing. What is the fact? I don't know if I'm like, this? I don't we know if evidence. I'm being, am I being pranked? Right? Is this a prank? Are you guys pranking me right I'm now? I'm just saying oh. if you can throw, if Paul can throw 450 standstill and he can throw 550. I don't think he can throw 450 standstill. Well, let's just say he can. If he can, and then he can throw 550 run up, then my point's proven. The run up didn't because in your in your case he should be able to throw no but you do you understand no do you under right no I'm not saying it doubles where, where your power your, but then I never how, said it doubles your power but in order for it to give you more power than timing wouldn't it have to do like where where's the point where you're proven right and I'm proven wrong is what I want to know like Someone when we, we Paul Paul when we look at when we look at data points <laughs> when we look up data points what is well the, Paul's gonna say he can throw four farther than four fifty which I think he could like well, I'm, not what, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying I'm go just out saying I'm just saying like him if I if he was on a course he would not feel comfortable trying to throw a shot four hundred fifty feet if we're in an open field and he's just it's the same thing people aren't comfortable trying to throw six hundred foot drives like most of these guys that you're like oh my god they throw so far. They're barely throwing over 500 feet when they're on the course because they're throwing shots that they can control. When you're throwing 600-foot shots, it requires a really uncontrollable sh a th shot shape. Yeah, run-ups give you more control too because, because you have better timing that. and more, more power from the run-up. You have both. Do you think you can so it's hit, easier do you think, to throw 400 feet run up? So therefore, you have more control over that 400-foot shot than do you, you do stand. Do you think you could hit a golf ball harder? Just MPHs off off the club face. Do you think you could hit it harder if you hit it in the sweet spot? Like mm -hmm. if you hit it well, absolutely. Standstill or running up, and, running up. Okay, but we you can throw and hit harder and faster. I'm saying the ratio. Also, your control argument. Why do people for like really like 300 foot, 250 foot like tunnel did, shots? I, why do they go standstill? If that's the, a comfort thing. That's why I was confused. I I personally run up almost every time. A lot of people will. Yeah, me too. Paul runs up 200-foot putter shot. He runs up a lot. If he's in a wide open, he'll do standstill. Mm. It's a comfort thing. Where are you more comfortable? Trevor runs up pretty much every single time unless he can't. I think we need to have... I think we need... If you're listening to this, you might have to go over onto the YouTube channel and vote. I think, I'm not confident I enough. I think we need I'm to have... I'm not confident enough to like go... I'm confident enough no, betting I, Paul can go 450. I'm just bringing up a legitimate question of like, what is the ratio? Like, I want to test this. Yeah, I would... No, it's, it's a great question. And I want to see what people think too. So I think we need to have someone. Just, the whole thing that started is I think people would be surprised at how far pros could throw, like how little a run-up actually adds to their throw, if that makes sense. Oh, I think it adds a lot. But I think people would we'll be surprised. Well, what, well listen, what, listen to what I'm what, saying. The better question it is... It does add a lot, but I think people would be surprised how little a lot is, if that makes sense. Like, I think people would be surprised how far pros are throwing. If someone throws 500, because, again, you have to go, like, you have to go it, percentages. Take, look at, if someone throws 500 feet, if someone throws 500 okay. feet, yeah. what, run up, mm -hmm. what are you, what do you propose that person throws standstill? Well, the farther they throw run, the, le the shorter they throw run up, then it's drastically shorter standstill. Drastically. Because their form and technique hey, is Calvin, worse Calvin throws 500 feet. Calvin Heimberg. Yes. I would bet so he could push 400. Stands okay, that's a hundred feet. That's twenty five percent. That's twenty percent. Yeah, I think people would be. Wait, is that twenty percent? What I'm saying. That's what I'm 20%, saying. Listen it from this perspective. Listen it from this perspective. Most people listening probably can't throw internet distance. They can probably throw four twenty five. Real distance, they can probably throw wow, three seventy five. All our listeners. I'm saying the Sorry. majority majority Apologies of disc golfers. All you majority wow, of disc golfers, three seventy five is a good pump. 
me included. So to hear a pro can do eat more than that standstill is very shocking because it's like, is it? Yes. If you were ripping a drive, I mean, it's called hard. a pro for a reason. I mean, but, but throwing, well, but it, yeah, because like in golf, like how far do you hit your driver? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like 200 yards? Like I'm telling you, I have seen it at clinics. Pros can hit. I've done many clinics. I've done clinics at Worlds, right? Kyle's offended. I, Kyle, Listen, I apologize for Hunter. I said majority. So if you can throw farther than that, you're not in the majority. There you go. Uh, I've done clinics at Worlds, okay, where there's been fans there and there have been pros there. Was that a flex? Was that a flex size? I think it was. Okay. No, I'm just trying to explain this to you. Right. Where the fans there are watching pros. Yeah. They've never seen pros throw full power standstill. Because no one has, because pros don't do it. And then the pros in the clinic will be explaining how little run up actually does when you're starting off. You need to focus on the standstill, and they'll rip off a 400 plus foot standstill. And the AMs are like, or the people they're watching, or their mind is absolutely blown because it's like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how you're throwing 100 feet farther than me without running up. I think I thought a run up was way more important. Okay, time out. If you have terrible form, a run-up does nothing for you. I would agree with you because I would do something very similar in my clinics teaching a forehand is I would literally go, I wouldn't even go stand, I would go even more than That's stands. what I was saying. Is I, I think go, people would be shocked how far pros are still throwing stands. Because I would throw, that, again, that was my stance. For Frisbee, 40 yards is pretty far for a forehand. I would literally just go like this, mm -hmm. just wrist and a little elbow and be able to throw a forehand 40 yards, which is like as far as some people would be when they take these huge well, windups yeah. and stuff. But you're talking about bad form. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying bad I'm form saying, is out of... Out no, of, I wasn't. I was saying people out. would be shocked to see how far pros are throwing standstill and how little their run-up is adding. Because in people's heads, I would imagine they're thinking pros are throwing 300 feet run-up and throwing six or 300 feet standstill and throwing 600 feet run-up. I don't think pros are saying that. I don't think pros or, are. No, sorry. I don't think amateurs are thinking that. Well, then, because my question would be like, if I'm an amateur watching and I see a pro throw from 400 feet out and he can throw a standstill, why wouldn't he? So I would think that he can't. Because, because you never see it. Be because a run-up gives you more control because it gives you more power. I'm just saying. No, it gives you more control because you don't have to throw as hard. Because it if gives I you have, more power. That's why I, you don't have to throw as hard. <laughs> We're saying the same thing. What? A run-up gives you more power. So you don't have to throw as hard. So therefore, you can throw. I thought you were saying control. a run-up doesn't give you power. I thought that was your no, old I argument. No, I said the ratio of power to from a run-up to standstill <laughs> is would be <laughs> shocking to people. All right, let's mythbuster this. We're gonna mythbuster. My this. whole my original point was You're, I think people would be people would be. <laughs> Paul yes, four fifty. My original point that has not shifted is people would be shocked at how far pros can throw standstill and yes. how little a run-up adds to their standstill. How far is everyone... Okay, how far are people listening right now in the chat? Well, now they've heard me say I've seen pros well, throw no, no, 400 let's just, plus feet. How so, far like, do you guys think Paul is going to throw standstill? Just to get a like, oh, gauge. That's just, fine. just get a gauge. How far do you think Paul is going to throw standstill? But do you get what I'm saying? That I think people would be shocked that like pros are able to throw within 100 to 150 feet of what they're doing run-up-wise because AMs aren't. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. I'm saying four... 400, 450. Someone said 475. 475. That would be impressive. Yeah, I mean. Probably 400 we'll is the average. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I, I just don't think it's something that if, if you are good at disc golf or kind of know what you're doing with disc golf, like if you're brand new, sure. But if you like have been playing a while, I don't think you're going to be insanely shocked that some people can throw decently far a standstill. 
I, I mean, I've seen I've seen people who have played for years and years watch a clinic and go, holy frick, you can throw that far standstill. Yeah, but there's also people that I've played like with people that like throw like a, a stock 450 foot shot and people are still freaked out. I think it's just the people are freaked out of watching people that they love throw I, I'll, My original statement that I will forever stand by is I think people would be shocked to see how far pros could throw standstill in relation to how far they're throwing run-ups. Yes. We're, we're going to see it. We're going to test this out. I agree. We're going to test agree. this out. I think that would shock people. We're going to test this out. That's all we're, I'm saying. We're going to test this out. We're going to have... I, think, I don't get how that is such a, I think the uh, best outlandish statement to make. I think this is the best thing to do. I think this is the best thing to do. Five shots. Okay? And again, these are disc golf shots. Okay? So it's not, hey, throw this as far as you can. It's... I get, first off, the chat is coming at me like, Hunter, we get it. I understand you get it. I don't I'm get explaining it. this to this guy I right here who doesn't get but it I still. Think, I, think I understand. You're all with me. <laughs> no, we're all not. tracking. I've no one is with you. Uh, they're all tracking with what I'm saying. No, none of them are. They so, might not agree with what so I'm saying. They understand shots. what I'm saying. You have no idea because if you understood what I was saying, you would agree with what I'm saying. You got what I'm five saying. shots for standstill, five shots for run-up, okay? And you're throwing like you're throwing on a disc golf course, not max distance, okay? Then you take away, I think you go outliers. You take away the worst throw and you take away the best throw. I and need to look at what's going on in the chat. There's a mutiny against you in the chat. No, right now. no one's mutiny against me. <laughs> look at that. So then you're left with three throws each and you take the average and then we see where we're at. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. All right, everyone fine? Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. You, you might not need to read. You, you shouldn't read the chat. I don't, yeah, it's a tough scene for chat. you in the chat. I'm right not now. worried about this. That's a tough scene. I'm I sorry, Brady. I, no, I think you're you just. Know saying what? I'm stuff. sorry to have. No. To, I'm sorry you have to go through that. You're saying this for people that are listening that can't see the chat right now. The chat is heavily in favor of me when you're saying you're do outfielders throw faster than that, pitchers. That was a legitimate that is, question. That was a legitimate question. That, that just shows that you're insane. That's a question I have. That no, shows that you're insane. No, 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 no. Because my question wasn't if you put an out, if you don't put a pitcher in the outfield, I understand he could throw faster. I'm saying a person in the outfield. I don't even think a pitcher in the outfield could throw faster. I'm saying a person. The different in the, mechanics. Are we saying faster I'm or saying further? A per, I'm saying a person <laughs> in the outfield. Are they throwing faster than a pitcher? That's yes, my, that's because my they're legitimate running question. up and they're crow hopping and launching their body that can into surely the be ball. Googled. That can surely be Googled. Google it. But, oh, my gosh. See, I'm everyone now, think, Brody? the tide has turned. The no, tide because has turned. you're bringing up a point that I didn't even make. The tide has turned. You're bringing up a point I asked. No. I know, but by you asking that question shows uh, that, me. I've never played baseball, so I'm just asking that question because I'm just... Okay, an MLB outfielder can throw 105 miles an hour. Yeah, there's very few pitchers. A pitcher is throwing pitchers. 95 plus. Yeah, that's 10 miles per hour faster. I that's don't, 10%. That's only 10%. That goes right back to faster, my point. That that's. But it's fast. I same, never said it wouldn't be faster. The point is, I said people no, would be no, no. shocked stop. how little no, run up added. Ten percent. Thank you so much for tuning no, 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 no. in. No, 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 no. Last thing to talk to you no. all next week. Last same thing. time, same Last place. Thing. We'll see you. Ten percent faster. Hold on. Do not cut. Do a Caesar me. Ten percent faster from a runner running a mile at ten miles per hour. Ten percent faster is not that big of a deal. Ten percent faster of someone that's running a sub four minute mile. That is insane. That's all I'm going to leave you at. You're talking about someone that's pitching what? 95 here, 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 miles here. per hour. I'm asking Nobody, this question. I'm asking you this question. No one can pitch. Can I ask you this question? Can I ask you this question? Yes. What is 10% farther of 600 feet? 660 feet. I rest my case.